Well, here we are again at Lightfoot Radio. I'm your host, GK. In this episode, I'm talking to Andy and Mel from the Not-So-Dissident Future Show. Now, they're better known as members of the indie Christian band Dissident Prophet. And today we're going to discuss a range of topics, including Christian music, creativity, uh, virtual fellowship as opposed to the bricks and mortar church. We'll also discuss the unseen realm of spiritual powers, the Illuminati, And most importantly, I think, we'll be discussing sharing our faith. I hope you enjoy this, and apologies for my sound quality. It's not too bad, but um, I lost my file, um, my side of the recording, but thankfully Andy and Mel recorded their side. And perhaps it's more important we hear what they have to say clearer than what I waffle on about, so it might be a good thing. You can find their show on Revelations Radio Network, as you can find both of my shows on uh, Revelations Radio Network. Or you can go to likeflintradio.com for all of my other episodes. And you can also find my other project, A History of the King James Bible Podcast at www.ahistoryofthekingjamesbiblepodcast.com. And if you'd like to contact me, you can email me at gk at likeflintradio.com. Okay, so let's get to my discussion with Andy and Mel. There, there's, um, there's no set agenda here. We decided to meet on Skype and have a yarn. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you'd like me to have them back for another yak over the fence, write and let me know. So, okay, here we go. Yeah. Okay. So how was the gig last night? I didn't know you guys were doing one. Well, we did one just up at a place called Malvern, uh, the Malvern mm. Hills. Uh, it's where we're going to run mm-hmm. to in the tribulation. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, it was a good gig. Yeah. It was just like a little, um, a, um, uh, an open mic, uh, thing, but, uh, um, right. But, um, they kind of have a headliney kind of band come along and kind of r- and play at the end of the night. So we were asked to go okay. and play about seven songs. It was good fun. It was what, what, basically, cause we got like a, you know, did a gig like that and then get the church, the local church or something to come down and bring their <laughs> friends along. That's the idea. Those are the kind of gigs right, we really right. want to do where we do them in pubs and stuff. And, uh, yeah. and then folks from the church know about it. Local, local pastors or local f- folks can come down and bring their mates and, uh, uh, yeah, that's that's it really, and then on the way home they can have a talk about it, can't they? It was good because uh, there's a couple of people they're not saved, uh, the pe- people who run, even run the venue, and this one guy mm. up and just said, oh, "You're a Christian band. We've been there three or four times now, and it suddenly clocked in <laughs> on him that you're yeah. a Christian band, yeah. aren't you?" And he was like really opening up and saying that, "Oh, a couple of years ago he was, went for a really really dark time, and these Christ- Christians were around him and stuff, and he was just saying that it was a, it, that he really sensed God." He says, "I don't know what I believe, but you know." Uh, uh, you know, he says, I'm going to write, I wrote this song and I'm going to dedicate it to you tonight. And then he, he played it. It was, it was really oh, brilliant wow. words, brilliant that, words. That's it was nice. about God. It was it? all about Jesus. And he wasn't a Christian yeah. yet. Uh, yeah. and, and he was just hogging us and doing like this. And, and it was really different, wow. wasn't it, last night? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, really good. We were just praying for him and, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, um, you hear some of these and, you know, we won't get into this, I guess, but, because, uh, but, you, you know, you hear some of these, uh, criticisms about, um, 
Christian bands and Christian music, you know, but if you think about it, and I have spent time thinking about it a lot, music is, it unlocks doors in, a, in us, doesn't it, really? When you think about it, well, you could be listening to anything and then you're, you're humming along and you're singing along and you suddenly realise, wow, what am I singing there? Yeah. And you realise, wow, that really is a window into me, you know, into my spiritual realm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, therefore, if there's good Christian uh, music out there, um, that sounds good, and and you know I always say this, and people must get bored of me, but with good lyrics, right? Because yeah. I really don't mind. I don't really care what it really sounds like. At yeah. the end of the day, honestly, I don't care. Yeah. I'm a lyrics person. Yeah. If it's got good lyrics and that gets down to someone's, because we're spirit beings, into someone's spirit, man, um, we're doing something positive, aren't we? Rather than all that negative stuff that's out there, you know, in in, in the music world. And so what the story that you've just relayed and what you've just told is the very reason I stand by what I believe about Christian bands and Christian music. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've, we've said this recently more, more and more that we've realised, because I'm, I'm reading a lot. My son does Greek um, <coughs> classical civilization, you know, and so I'm oh, kind yeah. of looking Good. into things alongside of that and realising mm. that the muses, you know, the, 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 nine, mm. the nine muses, you know, we do come under influence that's where you know, yeah. the word influenza isn't it but you know influence yeah. we come under influence and it's one or the other you know the whole yeah. basic premise is that we're not masters of our own destiny we're either servants of one or servants of the other or slaves yeah. of the other and uh, that's the same with music you know from which and you know we're talking to my son about this weren't we and he, he couldn't get it because he's not a believer yet mm-hmm. but uh he just couldn't well we are all influenced by what something you know it's not our own thoughts mm. i said well it can be your own thoughts but you can't but you right. also can come under influence you know yeah so mm-hmm. you know it's just there isn't it it's, and as you say it's what it's one or the other uh music is very powerful so, it's yeah. very it's very powerful yeah. and i'll tell you um we we at the moment well for a few years now um we're going to the best church we've ever been to right huh. and <laughs> My wife and I have been believers for, I, I, I can't, you know, say 25 or 30 years or whatever. And we've been to a few churches and we've had some bad experiences. We're at our, the best church we've ever been to. And, um, there's about 70 or 80 churches and ours would be one of the smallest. And that will give you an idea why it's the best church and why it's the smallest. Yeah. Because when you go there on a Sunday, uh, the pastor stands up the front, he opens his Bible and he teaches line from line straight out of the Bible, right? Yeah. And, you, you can't beat it. Now, the other thing that I like about our particular pastor is that he doesn't mind if you, he, he's not one of those expects you to agree with everything that he says. Okay. So him and I, he knows mm-hmm. there's him and I have some differences, but, um, he doesn't expect me to believe everything that he says. Uh, what I was going to tell you about that is now the music at this church is ye oldie hymns <laughs> and with, with, um, the, <coughs> The oldie lady up the front on the piano. And I've invited so many of our friends to come to church with us, uh, believers and non-believers, money believers. And the first question they ask, um, and this bothers me a bit, I'll be honest, and the first question they ask, what's the music like? Right. And I say, well, does it matter? Yeah, wow. No, that's right, man. Does it matter? And I don't know if, I don't know if it's just me personally, the way I'm built. I just don't care if the lyrics are right. I'm there because it doesn't matter if you, you could, you could have, you know, ye oldie little old ladies sitting there on a piano yeah. or you could have a heavy metal band there, man. If they've got the right lyrics, what does it really matter? Yeah. Well, the, as you say, the lyrics are what, you know, we've been in, in, in that little church we've been to and where yeah. 
very much like ye olde lady and she also seemed to be on, <laughs> no, on she was Valium or something because it was sl- so ponderously slow matched with <laughs> i mean fantastic lyrics as you say but the old old hymns mm. you know mm, and that, yeah. it was quite hard actually to lurch your way through but the words were great the yeah. words were great and if yeah. you if you had the choice i'd go for that rather than mm. as you say great music and, and not so great lyrics but I suppose as yeah. musicians, we'd be going, why not aim for the both? <laughs> because I, music, I, yeah, yeah. M- I, I melody can also once. work. A what? I spiked a coffee once. <laughs> with a bit of adrenaline. <laughs> and she, after that, she was, she was on it, man. She's like, you know, yeah, uh, and, and we were all jumping in and skipping and dancing and raising yeah. the roof. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, you know, no, you're absolutely right. It's funny, isn't it? How, how like, uh, we're all kind of going to that, coming back around to the whole hymns. Cause, uh, oh, yeah. Like I say, con- constant repetition of, of, a, of a word or, or even the name of Jesus can just become, uh, can become hypnotic and, and tiresome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the best, the best I've ever seen was I saw or Petra when, um, when they were in Brisbane in the eighties. And, you know, if you've seen Petra and I understand they used to do this a bit, fair bit. They, in, in their concerts, they play a couple of, occasionally play a couple of hymns, but it'd be Petra style, you know? Yeah. And, oh man, it blew me away. They just did a couple of those well-known old hymns and I was just there. I was just there. Wow. This is the best song of the night, you know? Uh, cause I just love the lyrics, but uh, hey, um, I see you bought your socks with you, Andy. I'm, I'm glad oh. to see you got your socks there. Uh, professionals. It's very off-putting actually to me, just glancing around and seeing that dangling. <laughs> I like oh. it. I like it. I like it. It reminds me of lamb chop, the, the, yeah. the sock puppet. And so it's very endearing towards it. And it's, it's very professional, I think. It's a, a, I wish I, I tell you something, we should use personal automatic though. This is, this is a cheap washing powder and it's, it doesn't, doesn't what, do what, doesn't cut through at all. This is our level of professionalism, isn't it? This yeah. is how far we I'm actually, I'm actually gonna, um, next time I use the mic, I will put a sock over it because I haven't got anything on this one. And you know, <laughs> when you hit your E's, you know, yeah. they, <laughs> you know, so, it's yeah. terrible. So Absolutely. I'll use that. Um, well, maybe with transhumanism coming on, uh, it'll be a real blessing. <laughs> we'll virtually upload our brains. I'll just and go to my transcendently everywhere. That's it. Uh, my right temple. I'll press the start button, and uh, we'll yeah. just it'll be recorded and da- instantly downloaded. Mm. Um, mm, and read each other's thoughts. Won't have that, to use that. Right. In fact, we won't even have to. In fact, forget it. Let's even drop this now. Let's. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll just. It'll, we'll just transfer it up onto, onto a hard. Uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> up into the cloud somewhere. Into the, cl- the cloud. The cloud. That's <laughs> the it. What cloud. is the cloud? Who knows what? The, what is the cloud ah, anyway? What's going on with that? What is it? That's exactly right. What? What is it? Mm. Oh, yeah. What's going on there? Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> magic. Magic. Mm. But then all science is, what is electricity? That's magic. Really? What is it? We don't know what it is. It costs a bit, though. <laughs> but you're right. No, no, it is, it is a, I suppose a lot. I mean, yeah, that brings us onto that subject, doesn't it, really? There <laughs> you go. Off. You're off. <laughs> look at, look at, because Mel was reading, uh, uh, the Unseen Realm to, to me the other day while I was stripping wallpaper. And, uh, and, uh, you know, she's talking about. As you do. <laughs> As we do. Yeah, I've got I've got repetitive strain injury on my right on my right shoulder now. Yeah, I have on my lips as well. Mel's got it on her lips, repetitive <laughs> lip strain. 
right. One's written and one's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that that and uh, but it was it really hit me actually because uh, the the ancient worldview um, really is almost like the modern the the modern scientific worldview, isn't it? Now we get into. The, I was yeah. thinking of thinking of things like they're doing with quantum physics and stuff and portals and what they might be trying to do uh, and examine um, and location location being important. Uh, sacred sites, sacred spaces and stuff in the ancient world. And uh, that, all that kind of stuff I always never understood. I always thought that the idols and stuff were just literally pieces of stone or wood and it was all a bit silly. But um, yeah. really fascinating. Uh, you know, it re- really, Once you do realise that actually, no, there were literally places where angels uh, had dominion or positions and stuff or fallen, you know, like, uh, say, angels, but, you know, the divine uh, sons of God or whatever that were fallen... Um, but also God had his sacred space, you know, mm. where he dwelt. And mm. sometimes he would do a polemic over that sacred space of a, of a pagan God like Dagon. When the Philistines mm. ended up saying, we were, well, this is actually Yahweh's sacred space now, because look what happened to yeah. Dagon. It, it makes you re- it's real. It's not just typology or kind of pattern. Mm. It literally was real at the time. And uh, yeah. well, that, that shift in your head. The really importance of that. The importance in terms of practical things, it makes the Christian realise that we are in this. The whole of God's history has been a battle, and yeah. we're in a battle. You know, as one of your lyrics says, "We're born into a war." Yeah, and to make us aware, the battle is for the mind, for the most part, mm-hmm. I think, and obviously the mm-hmm. flesh and stuff as well. But it's because we forget that fact, and we just kind of forget that there are, you know, the whole angelic realm, the whole realm of, of divine host beings. Um, you know, you forget that, and maybe Satan then just bobs into the distance somewhere and starts to become almost mythological. And the, and then the, that's when the Christian gets taken out because you've forgotten, you've forgotten the whole the do, whole do story. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. On that on that tack, Mel, do you think that in some ways some of us are despiritualizing what we've learned in the Bible? Like we say, okay, that's just for back in that day. That's what they experienced. That we don't have to experience that about um, uh, head knowledge and what I know, and also what I can put into action. And there's no see because I personally believe we're completely surrounded by spiritual beings all the time, right? Yeah. But you know, some of us can get so carried away with the intellectual stuff, and that's not bad, by the right, way. Right. But we forget we're in a spiritual realm. Do you reckon that some of us are doing that now? I mean, that's exactly what the, the whole for me. I and mean, I think I, I have to credit Michael Heiser with this, I suppose, because he's yeah. opened up that the Old Testament is so full of the references that, that show, you know, God's conflict with with his enemy, you know, and then he, he battles with um, his enemy through Israel as well, you know, and, and through, you know, it's, that's been the story from Adam, you know, you know, he raised, yeah. he, he brought us into being for a purpose. But, yeah, it's re- opened up a whole panoramic view that the kind of, it's the same view, you know, it's the same landscape, mm. but it's the mm. perspective is, comp- and there, therefore you start, you're looking out and you're just like, whoa, oh, I get it now. There's a whole undulating, you know, <laughs> whatever, there's, there's hills and there's valleys there. And that's, and it's the same, mm. the same colors tint it all because it's about God's divine conflict, you know, um, with his enemies and, and we're involved in that because we're in his family and that was his purpose for us and that was his purpose for, the other beings that he created to be in heaven as part of his family, the, the angelic hosts. So, yeah, I, and I think it's it, it does make you realise, and I suppose it does balance out the 
the uh like you say the head knowledge side of it which is mm. is mm. good 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 no doubt about that but you've got to realize the ultimately the spiritual side of it which is actually about your daily walk isn't it it's about how you yeah. take that knowledge and get yes. up each morning and deal with it and become aware of what what is assailing you you know each day mm. and, and who where mm. it's the muses again really i suppose in that sense but yeah yeah i mean it, i mean you know david barry <laughs> just recently died hasn't he and uh mm. you know mm. if ever a guy was influenced by the muses mm. big style you know like you say like mm. it's all on show kind of thing He's, mm. uh, um, mm. there's a guy I, I mean he even admitted that when he wrote station to station he doesn't rem- remember writing it hasn't got a clue right. he doesn't actually think right. he wrote it and that song's yeah. loaded with um esoteric um references you know i used to think it was a song about catching a train down the road going from station to station <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was the the simple understanding of it <laughs> yeah. when you read what he's on about he's talking about that that kabbalah idea from one station to one station spiritual movements yeah. to ultimately to one to the to the one end and uh it's really crowley-esque it's really uh esoteric really lucifer you know hermetic and he's luciferian mm-hmm. so you know, and then he says he doesn't remember writing it. So that, that it just shows the influences and we've all come under those influences. But, uh, but the, the thing isn't to give up and say, okay, we mustn't be creative or mustn't be poetic or mustn't write things. If we're Christians, exactly. if, if, or if we're open to Yahweh, to, to, to God, then we'll be influenced by his influence. So, but like I say, it's, 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 um, it's interesting to see where your sources come from. You know, here's some of these, um, writers like that woman who wrote the the twilight saga and stuff like that you know she said she was influenced by this being that contacted her in 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 dreams and she was mm-hmm. a woman wasn't she but the, he yes, was just, right. used to correct her and say no you mustn't write that that thing for that for the character of daniel you know you must change that or whatever it is his name um and yeah people are influenced by the muses i'm sure i'm, I'm sure jk rowling was but like so that's that it's fascinating but this isn't is it? where you have to pull in as well that Old Testament or the, the understanding of the whole conflict throughout history, the whole battle, which is that who, who does everything ultimately belong to? Yeah. And it's, it's all, it's Yahweh and Yahweh alone. No other gods that all the other gods in inverted commas have done is, is steal, mimic, copy, invert, you know, subvert. Uh-huh. And, and so that, and, and he's, God's whole thing is to sort of snatch back, not snatch back, but you know, Sort of uh, imprint his glory over over all the fallen um, Elohim and the mm. way they've done things and the way they've conducted worship or ritual or or music or the pursuit of of sex as just an animalistic pleasure or you know all these things mm. he has the transcendent better way of doing everything and and his story is to kind of steal it back and he trumps you know he will trump and triumph and humiliate those other gods and so that's why creativity mm. is so much at the heart of god's uh, character and something that he's put in us as his divine images so we mustn't throw that out and just go no 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 you know the same with everything else isn't it like sex is a bad thing creativity is a bad mm. thing also, mm. you know no because god's whole passion is to to push his kingdom forward and push back the kingdom of darkness by taking it all back you know it's all about taking it all and he ultimately back. Ult- ultimately does that when he's second coming but like <laughs> but now in a believer he pushes that back doesn't he yeah in, in, in yeah so yeah uh yeah it's not but we're not we're not saying you're not saying like kingdom now are you like where oh you know take the culture and all no, that kind no. of stuff 
But you are no, saying, no, no, but on, no. on, it's just knowing God's. But now our bodies are sacred space in it because it's the temple of the, of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So he pushes back. Yeah. That's, that's, he's, yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> the, no, the way I took what Mel was saying is that this is in the life of believers, but, yeah. um, but, um, as you said, Andy, there's going to come a day when it will be, when our king returns, it will be worldwide, world spread. Hmm. And, um, uh, everyone will understand exactly what we're talking about at this point. I just let you both know I did hit record just to make sure it was working and I'm actually recording now and I don't want to stop the flow, but I'm just letting you know that I'm recording. And what I wanted to say then since we're doing that is, um, just to give people a bit of an update on what you guys are doing. And, you know, I hope this doesn't kill the flow, but, um, you guys are, um, more widely known for being members in the, uh, of dissident prophet and being involved in Christian music. But, um, tell us about your latest exploits into the world of podcasting, um, and where you want that to go and what it's about. Well, not our, not our ideas particularly, but we've had friends that said, mm-hmm. you know, we should do it. Uh, friend mm-hmm. from the States from GP, GPM, uh, who's involved with us and in, in our music exploits. Said, said mm-hmm. that asked us to do it. Basically said, I think, thought it'd be, it'd be okay. It'd be good if we kind of did a bit of, uh, uh, Mel and I did it together because we, you know, uh, we like to chat about things, uh, mm-hmm. just as interesting. We, you know, we like to listen to mm-hmm. your podcasts and other people's podcasts. But, um, there was, they were asked, they wanted, there's been a kind of ask, people asking us to do it from over the pond because a lot of stuff comes from the States or from, yes. um, and so I didn't really want to do it because, uh, at first in, in the flesh, if you know what I mean, because, because I, I, I just felt it was a lot to do because we're already doing work, 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 lots of jobs and mm. also full time, you know, when it's not that, it's the music or it's life issues and stuff. But, um, I remember a couple of years ago, or maybe two years ago, we were listening, we were reading Peter, one of Peter Good Games books and we were just discussing it on the sofa. And it was such a good discussion. We thought, why don't we just, why don't we just record this to see what it sounds like? And we just yeah. pressed it on our app on the, on the phone and whatever. And just, yeah. just didn't listen to it all. That would have been a bit weird, but, uh, just, just to see what it sounded like. Yeah. And, 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 uh, thought, you know, it, it was a good discussion. And we thought, oh, that would have been good for other people to be involved in or to listen to. Yeah. So that was, the, that was the kind of like the I mean, seed of it. It's yeah. not that, and you probably feel this as well, Garth, but, you know, it's not that you're, oh, listen to what we're saying, listen to these drops of, of wisdom mm. and, and whatever. But it, if it mm. stimulates conversation, if you're, you know, and that's where we can't help but talk with each other. All the time, we live yeah. with each mm. other all the time. But, you know, it'd be the same if mm. we were at a coffee house with some friends or something. If whatever you're saying is stimulating thought and conversation, that to me is what it's all about. That mm. is the, those are the kind of conversations that I, adore anyway just just socially and 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 and, and so that's probably why why we we kind of uh, you know be, be thinking about the you know doing podcasts and everything and I do think uh, for me I don't know whether you're the same Andy but it is this sort of across the pond kind of thing we we, we we're very aware that in Britain or in America that they're not really often aware of what's going on in Britain sort of spiritually mm-hmm. politically or whatever and uh yeah you know, we, we kind of want to bring a bit of a Brit flavour to, to the podcast world because there's a bit of a lack. You know, there's Julian Charles, fantastic. Yes. And who mm-hmm. else? Mm, don't know. I think there's Saffron Planet. 
just one or Steve two others. Absolutely. <clears throat> but, you know, and, and so, you know, and that would bring a sort of mutual, we, we sort of, we, we're very aware what goes on in America because that's all, all you get fed, really. And, uh, we know more about American politics than British, probably, but, yeah. you know, there's a lot of interesting things about Britain, where it's at at the moment, the position of Europe, uh, the spiritual wasteland that we're kind of seeing length and breadth of the country, by and large, but the pockets of, you know, really, really good sort of believing yeah. communities that are around and, and where you can access that kind of thing. There's a lot to talk about, really. Yeah, I mean, and also I think there's a lot, we keep bumping into loads of people that have perhaps been for many, many years coasting in kind of churches where, like, uh, they're not been fed and they're wondering what's mm-hmm. wrong. They haven't yeah. known what's wrong. And then yeah. they've suddenly woken up and thought, if something's wrong, I'm hungry for something more, you know. Uh, and and the world is crazy, and I want to understand it, and I want to know what's going on, and I want to understand it through the lens of the Bible, through God's eyes. And uh, some people are waking up, and they're realising they're not actually getting that kind of perspective uh, from the pulpit, from the church, or something they're going to. And we're finding many people kind of dropping out, not because they've lost faith, but because they've gained faith, and they they, they can't maintain that kind of... Uh, pattern of just you know stand up sit down him sandwich whatever going along sing some choruses and stuff like that and uh, that, and a lot of people want answers and uh, we've met them and they've, they mm. just want to say meet in a house or something and just talk about stuff uh sadly uh, sadly i i concur um i've had a number of people in my personal life and in the virtual world have written to me uh, or or told me personally that um uh, at certain points in their life and some now um, you know, listening to my show and others, um, that is their church. And, and, and I'm saying that, uh, generally I'm sad with that because, um, I, I don't think that what I do is, is quite what they need. Um, I think we, um, I think we do need to be together as, as believers. I think we need to help make each other accountable. I think we need to have that, you know, that strong fellowship that can be done virtually, by the way. Um, but you know, just, um, I guess what I'm saying is that, um, from my personal point of view, what I try and do, you know, on both my shows, even with this new King James Bible podcast that I'm doing, um, my thing is I try and encourage people to dig a bit further than I've dug for them rather than say handing, every, you know, someone everything on a plate and saying, yeah. look, there it is. And I've got it right and, and, and here it is for you. Mm. I, I really like to, and, you know, you used the word earlier, Mel, stimulate. I like to perhaps stimulate people, stimulate people's, uh, uh, investigative juices. Oh, uh-huh. let's go look into this further. Let's see if this, what this crazy Aussie bloke is saying, yeah. uh, is, is even close to being true. And, um, for, for the most part, I steer people to the, well, at first, a plain reading of the scriptures at first. Um, and uh, and then further investigation with others who know more about it than I do, mm. a- and that's all I'm trying to do on both of my shows. That that's that's my goals, mm. um, because um, it, we are a little bit limited sometimes um, with this virtual thing. But I just I'm acutely aware that you know there's people that listen to my show and all the other good shows. And you mentioned Julian. He is probably the, you know, one of the better ones. Yeah. He's probably sick of me saying he's the best one. So I'll just <laughs> say one of the better ones for now. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, um, but there are so many good shows out there that I know people listen to and that is their church. Um, and, and I'm saying that that's okay. But on another hand, I'm saying I think it's a sad indictment mm. of where we are in the 21st century. Mm. 
that we've come to that. Mm. I get it. I understand. Mm. Um, but I think it's a sad yeah. thing. And it's even sadder if people are listening to me on, you know, it, it's. Yeah, I think, I think it is sad. It, it, you almost feel like it's going to be a sad little peter out, little floppy thing just before. And I hope not. That's right. I, ho- I hope not. But, but, um, you know, with, with her, if there's a rising apostasy and a rising deception mm-hmm. coming in mm-hmm. the last days, which the Lord said there would be, there'd be strong delusion. Then we can only assume that that is going to play out. We can fight it. We can argue about it and say, no, 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 let it not be. But, mm. um, it, it is kind of the, it's inevitable, really. I, I mean, you saw the demise of Israel and the king in the Book of Kings and stuff and whatever, and you see, and you see the same thing in the church. You think, oh, the church is going to be this bright, spankling new thing. It's much better than the uh, what happened with Israel and their disloyalty to the, to Yahweh. And then, mm. and then you look at the church, and on a whole, you know, it's been disloyal to Yahweh <laughs> again. You know, so. almost exactly the same patterns <laughs> and the same epidemics that the Israelites mm-hmm. had, and that's when the mm-hmm. church has the Holy Spirit supposedly. So, mm. um, quite quite an indictment on on the church, really. Uh, and Jesus sent to say that he said, "When I come, will I find faith on earth?" Um, right. I'm not sure that's to do with the rapture or or, or, or the second actual second coming, but but either so either mm. either way, it's the same principle. Mm. Uh, and and with that in mind. Then I see that these little pockets of Christians are saying, "Hey, look, we're not, we just want to kind of we're hungry. God's not going to let people uh, leave people shortchanged if they're hungry. It's going to be a case of yeah. how many glasses have you got? I'll pour them with oil, you know, Elijah style. Yes. You know, how many you got? Yes. I'll, if you want it, I've got it. I'll fill you. And this is what yes. I'm excited, very excited about. I don't really care about numbers and 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 oh, no. you know what looks good on the surface. And what and God doesn't either. God's concerned with with quality, with a relationship, isn't he? You know, rather than, uh, something looking, looking good. And it could look at like on a personal basis, you know, you might th- look good. It might be going through the motions. People might think you're a great Christian or something, but actually mm-hmm. your, your relationship with Jesus might be not good. Mm-hmm. You might be distant. You might not mm-hmm. have talked with him and been with him for a while. You know, God is more, o- more overly concerned with the relationship. That's why he created us in the first place mm-hmm. anyway for obviously. Uh, to be play a part in his will and to be his images. Well, he's, he's uh. examining our hearts, Andy, you know, and, um, if you think we live in a surveillance state, you know, in this, uh, physical world, um, there's nothing you can hide from God. No. And, um, so he knows exactly where you're at. He knows exactly where I'm at. Mm. Um, and there's no hiding it from him. And I think that's, you know, use, using the term there, relationship. I mean, that's where, that's what it's all about. Um, it doesn't matter, like you're saying about numbers or appearance or even professionalism, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, we all fumble our way through certain things, don't we? You know, as mm-hmm. we're trying to live this life and get our way through it. Mm-hmm. And our, our first duty is to God is to please Him. Um, you know, I'm convinced of that. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you know, it's taking care of our families. Mm-hmm. And then it's our church, which is every other believer on this planet, believe it or not. Um, and looking after them and seeing, and seeing what, um, cause we are our brother's keeper. I might add that. Yeah. But what I wanted to ask you, and you know, I've talked about this before, Andy, and, and at the time I did say to you, I wish we hit record on that. Um, the opportunities to witness to other, you know, to yeah. non-believers, obviously, but the opportunities to witness, do you find it's becoming more difficult? Like, you know, you and I have talked before how, um, I looked, I, at one stage of my life, was looking for opportunities to witness to Muslim people. Yeah. Um, my wife had a lovely friend who had come to Australia from Lebanon, and the reason she came 
was to escape what she said was the madness that was happening there, uh, you know, in a religious sense and, and, you know, the civil war and, and that. And, and she was a wonderful lady and she was so easy to talk to about the, the things of God because she already believed in God. Now I'm not saying we believed in the same God, but it was very easy to open up that discussion. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any ideas, you know, because Europe, America, Australia, uh, Canada, we're all receiving all these, uh, refugees from Syria. You got any suggestions for talking to Muslims? Have you been able to do it in your life? I'm very fortunate to have been able to meet loads of Muslim people in the nature of mm. my job. And, uh, I've met quite a lot of young Muslim guys and, uh, and I've had such great opportunities to talk to them about, uh, Jesus. And, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, I was just scratching my head thinking, how do you talk to a Muslim? But, um, uh, really, uh, here's, here's the key. A Muslim is the same as anyone else. They are a human being and they're a sinner exactly. like you and me. And mm-hmm. if you get down to the nub of it, I mean, I, I, in the past I've had arguments and I've had clever arguments and I've said, well, this, this you know, I've, I've, I've torn apart the Quran or whatever and showed it where it's got in, in, inconsistencies. Now there's a place for discrediting the Quran and there's a place mm. for saying what Islam is. And that mm. has to come by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But remember, like you say, you're trying to, you, you want, Jesus is trying to save this person, not kind of just win mm. an argument. So, um, uh, what I've, I've found is that, um, every person is scared of death and is scared of judgment if they finally, if you have a discussion about the issue of God being a judge. And the good thing about a, a Muslim or a Hindu or whatever, or whatever, someone who believes in a God, a deity, yes. whether it's the right yes. one or not, is that they have a concept of God. You talk to an atheist, you'll spend days and days talking about, um, you know, science or something and trying to prove. It's whether the, reason- salt, the spirit exists. Yeah, reasonably, whether there's a, there's yes. a, I mean, you can, there's very, very, uh, good reason to realize, to, 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 to argue that we, we, you know, we have personality and that we're, we're not created by a force. But with a Muslim, they already believe in, in Allah, in, in God. But they don't have a concept of his justice. And you'd think with the, the fierceness of Allah, you know, justice, you know, chopping hands off for theft and head right. decapitating for apostasy or whatever, you'd think that, that Allah was, was, was one of great justice, but it's very unjust, the God of Islam. Uh, very whimsical, could, could, could have a good day, could have a bad day, you might go to heaven, you might go to hell, depends how he feels on the day, he'll weigh your good deeds, your bad deeds, of course that's, that's not going to work either. Um, so when you appeal, I actually take it further with a Muslim and say, actually, God is much more harsh than Allah. He actually must judge every sin. And, you know, because oh. he would be an evil God if he winked at sin. He has, yeah. has such high standards of righteousness. He's so, love is so righteous. It's so good. And, uh, once we get to that point and reason with them that he must judge sin, most most of the guys I meet, uh, uh, they'll they'll actually end the sentence and say, "Oh, that means I'm going to hell then," uh, uh, and, and and that means everyone's going to hell because there's no one who's ever been righteous. And that's when I say, "Hey, have you ever wondered why Jesus died on the cross?" You know, and the yeah. and the penny drops, but it doesn't drop if I just go straight and tell someone, "Jesus died for you because he loved you. He died on the cross." They go, "Well, what does that mean? I don't understand the context." But um, so I I I've found that with with many Muslims. Um, talking about the justice of God, the righteousness of God, and the sacrificial reason. Many have difficulty with the idea of God becoming a man and sacrificing himself and dying on a cross. That's anathema to them. How could that happen? So sometimes it means talking about the, the old, before, before Jesus came, the system that God set up, which was the sacrificial system, 
and, and a big aspect of that was blood for the sake of people's sins. Someone had to pay for it. And once they understand mm. that, then I say, oh, the Lamb of God, Jesus, look, behold, the Lamb of God, he takes away the sins of the whole world. Then I explain that God, he's paid for all of your sin, no matter how bad you are. There's no sin that you've committed that cannot be forgiven. And so, 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 you know, uh, that, that's, that's the same thing I'd say to anyone, uh, who, who has a view of God and his justice. And then you say, well, he must love you if, 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 if that's the case. If he's done, gone to all that hard work, he's gone through all the paperwork, it's legally, he can actually legally let you go free. Mm, yes. Uh, you know, uh, based on the atonement, on, on the payment. So, I mean, I blabbed on a bit there, but you know, there's obviously, no, 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 just, no, because. <clears throat> I, th- I think we need to also acknowledge in that um, is that um, for them there's a lot more to it though because for them to leave their True. their belief and it, it's a very big yeah. deal and, and, and in some cases it, it, the, the least of it they'll be ostracised but in in mm. you know at the other end of the spectrum they're probably they could be, they could be murdered. Mm. Um, well, definitely. And and so it, you know it's something we have to be very careful of when we when we're talking to them, but I liked what you said a couple of times is they're like everybody else. They need a saviour. Um, I wanted to tell you something, Mel. I was talking to Andy about this the other day. It was a bit funny because he told me a couple of stories, but I make no secret about who I am, you know, to my neighbours and that. And, um, you know, we get on well with most of our neighbours, but after we started witnessing to them a bit, you know, they, they kind of backed off a little bit. Mm, you know, there were yeah. some, some people we were like, mm. we're at the level we're having a cup of coffee with them occasionally and a cup of tea and that. And then, um, um, you know, my wife, uh, witnessed, um, uh, to, um, to the, the wife, to the lady and, uh, their attitude towards us changed after that. You know, I was sitting there working out, yeah, what happened? Did we say something wrong? And they sort of backed off us a little bit. (laughs) And, um, uh, I was telling Andy that, one other occasion after that, they were telling us that their, one of their children was sick and I said, Oh, look, I'll pray for him. And the, the woman, I, I saw her, she physically stiffened at that. Like mm. it was the whole body was mm. rejecting what I was saying. And I only just simply said, I'll pray for it, you know. Mm. So obviously they've had something like, you know, in, in, in her life where she's, um, doesn't want to have a bar of Christianity, but, yeah. um, it's funny. You go, go out in the yard and, uh, you know, quite often the, the neighbors will go inside because they, oh no, here comes that mad Christian. Mm. Um, well, I but, think, you know, there's, there's two things that are going on in, in, uh, in, in terms of that, those examples, which happens to us mm. all. One yes. is really remembering and you, you actually talked about body language and then with the other, the other neighbors, mm. it was, it was a sort of, um, rejection socially and, and whatever but yes, the, this yes. is you, you 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 know it's a spiritual this is a spiritual battle coming right. back to being aware all the time that we do not battle against flesh and blood you know but against principalities and powers so when you see that kind of division or the kind of perhaps unity that you had before before you brought up mm, you know yes. sort of put the, the spanner literally in the works you know the spanner of truth yes. sort of thing then that that truth will kind of you know it will be the principalities and powers that that will react and of course it's good to remember it because you, you then you can know in your head rather than go in the old way of oh I feel personally hurt or or why has that happened or justifying it or, or you know on a person on a fleshly level on a human level it's actually a spiritual um thing and in that sense when as soon as you realise that you know, in your heart, then you can rejoice before the the God of Heaven because you think, ah, oh, something's going on there. There's mm. something going on. You know, right. 
and and so we can we can pray then with with real hope you know for the people and everything because you know it's a spiritual thing and you know also you know it's not personal so you can still love that person yeah. fully That's right. because you haven't taken you know you haven't taken offense or there's no bitterness or whatever it is and you just have to remind yourself of what's actually going on with that and then you can move you can keep moving forwards you know a bit like on the battleground you know you can keep going on without being deflected by those peripheral things that might take you off you know take you off again or you might sit on the floor and have a little little cry or a little sulk or something you know or no, no, that's right. No. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You make some good points, but but yeah, what I was going to say is, um, uh, I just point out that we didn't go too uh, hard and heavy, though. Um, although you know, I do, um, I do want to see people saved, so I'm not going to shut my mouth if mm. the opportunity arrives, or you know, um, you know, we're told to preach the word in season, out of season, and that's when it's convenient, when it's inconvenient. So sometimes yeah. I'll I'll make it convenient. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But having, having said that, um, the, the thing that I find comforting is that this is why we all need each other as believers and this is why we need to have fellowship and this is why we need to stick together. This is why we need to look out for each other. This is why we need to care for one another um, because um, really if you preach the gospel, whether you, do, whether you do it hard and heavy or you do it soft and light, mm. At some point in that time that you're doing that, at some point you're going to be rejected. You're going to realize that you're not wanted in this world. Mm. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not saying we're, we're like G, well, we are, we are in some ways like Jesus, but I'm mm. not saying we are him, mm. but he, but the savior of the universe is inside us, right? And we're going to be rejected, right? And, uh, that's why we need to look after each other and have fellowship. Because that's the soothing part of the soothing balm of overcoming that rejection. Um, now we we sort of have been sort of rejected mm. by you, you know all our res- surrounding neighbours because once word got round that you know well those guys are you know going to talk about God only sort of um, one 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 lot of people sort of stick with us. But I was going to ask you, Andy, if you've experienced a similar thing with your neighbours and I'm asking that because I think I know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, de- definitely on the one side of the house. Um, we've had quite a lot of different neighbours come and go over, over the last few years, well, over the few years. But it, it it's, um, I remember there's a couple of times, I think uh, when we first moved in, uh, our neighbours, we kind of were good friends and had 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 kind of some, had a, I used to play tennis with the, the son, the brother mm. of the, the woman who lived next door. Uh, but there comes a time, there came a time when you talk about Jesus and another one guy was an avid, he was an avid uh, atheist. Uh, in fact, he was such a, he was an amazing atheist because he used to dress up as Santa Claus at, at Christmas and convince mm. his kids that Santa Claus existed. He'd stomp around upstairs and leave footprints <laughs> so that he had like a 13 year old daughter who still believed in Santa Claus and we had to keep wow. going along with it. But um, anyway, yeah. that, that aside, sorry. But you know, you, you, come, you come to the point where you, you start talking about Jesus. And you know that the, the it, it's just awkward and difficult, and people know mm. that difference because mm. the Holy Spirit is doing something. I mean, I remember before I got, got saved, you know, there's times when I just felt very un, un, uncomfortable around Christians and things they'd said, and that's the Holy yeah. Spirit like working on you and yes. battling you, and you know, there is it, it's an it's it is an encouraging thing because you realise it's all it's true. It's it, the truth is the truth, and it has this reaction. <laughs> there is a battle between light and darkness. Anyway, that aside, they eventually left, 
and moved out. And then another group, whatever, came in. And I remember they were talking about they went to see a musical, uh, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. And I ended up having a chat with them down the, down the, the side passage. And it was all lovely. We used to get on with them quite nicely. And then I just, I just felt led to talk to them about, well, Jesus is like Joseph and the pattern there. And Jesus was sold for, mm-hmm. you know, 30 pieces of silver. Jo- mm-hmm. Joseph was 20 pieces of silver. You've got to allow for inflation, of course. You know, uh, but it's the same pattern there. You know, he was sold by his brother Judah. Jesus was portrayed by Judas. Um, <laughs> brothers didn't recognize him the first time he came, second time they will, you know. And, and so this must have really miffed off, um, them off, you know, because it was, it was a spiritual battle. It, I, I'm just, yes. I'm just going on mm. and on, uh, like excited about my, my chosen mm. subject. And, uh, yes. you forget, you forget this is probably the first time I've ever heard mm. about Jesus being other than mm. what they heard about church or something at Christmas and Easter or something, you know. So, so we become quite used to it. And I think we and, get shocked when people don't like us for it. And I, I, I think there's another element that comes into play here, which is the taboo. The taboo that, you know, the society we're living in, the world we're living in now is that it's a real no-no to talk about oh. things that are important mm-hmm. that might yes. be to do with, let's, yeah. let's just put it under the umbrella of philosophy, first of all, and not even bring it down to religion or theology. But, you know, yeah. you're just not meant to talk about things. And, you know, so we have a, a censorship, a self-imposed censorship that we've put upon our, ourselves as a society where, you know, we don't talk talk about it. You know, death is another one which I, I do think is you know, it's literally a God-given opportunity, the existence of death, the fact of death, the fact that we're all going to know someone, yeah. one of our loved ones or someone who who dies and there there you go, they might have died suddenly or, or slowly through a, an illness or something. Each and every time up comes the, you know, the confrontation is right before our eyes and everyone's uncomfortable with it because we don't talk about it and, yes. you know, we just get to the funeral sort of with gritted teeth and quite relieved when we've gone home or something, or we certainly don't talk about it. We just say vague platitudes like, oh, you know, um, oh, we've gone to a better place or, or well, it's, it's, it's over now, you know, as if there's, there's no life after death or something like that. It, it just doesn't get discussed. Yeah. Now, sex that gets discussed ad nauseum everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, which is a strange. That taboo is okay. That used to be the taboo, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Now that's the. But something like death, yeah. philosophy, yeah, religion, God. It's like, as you, as you were saying, Garth, you can see the physical tension in someone straight away as soon as that subject in mm. any way, shape, or form comes mm. up, and it's like, <gasps> and it's fear. You know, there's a fear upon mm. people to even talk. So there's, there's that element well, as well, isn't there? Is, there, there is a, there's a scripture, isn't there, in the Proverbs? It says, that, you know, <laughs> that don't spend so much time at parties, you know, go to funerals, hang out more at funerals because it, you right. know, it reminds you huh? of, uh, of immortality. This is Solomon, this is, isn't it? You know, he's, uh, he's had enough of yeah. everything. He's tried everything. Uh, but, 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 um, it's so, so, so uplifting, Andy, you know. <laughs> oh, I love a good funeral. Ecclesiastes, you know, reading Ecclesiastes. So. Oh, oh, Ecclesiastes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I usually go to a, to a funeral with Ecclesiastes and I read it there. No, um, <laughs> but, um, but, <laughs> but again, that is, it, it's the truth. I was thinking about Ecclesiastes and right, just starting to write a song recently called, um, It's Only Fashion, It's Just a Phase. And it's all about the transientness of life and the, va- the, the vanity of life and house. And it's still true. That might not be what I want mm. to think or might not or stop it, you know, be positive, mm. but it's the truth. The tr- uh, and, 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 uh, the, the, again, it brings that 
come brings us back down to what it's all about you know jesus came to give us life in its fullness and if we don't have him then there is only a death awaiting us and a judgment um and and so with with that in mind when you this is it you see because you you, you tend to shrink back our flesh always wants to shrink back and just wait a minute maybe not there was a time when i used to give tracks to every cashier that i met you know yeah and that's and 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 i had this confidence and then suddenly like oh just just an easy date that's when i go and buy some stuff get me bread and milk and just go away you know and i've got quite a good friendship with that person now you know um and and there's always <laughs> there's always that temptation it's like like with the, the, the i remember there was this chick tract which is all about having chick tracts and holding onto them as a nice collection and it's like it's, it, the tract is all about this <laughs> this demon that's like behind you going those are lovely tracts aren't they look how well printed they are lovely little little booklets why don't you just keep them in that box and collect them. Don't give them away because you won't have them anymore. <laughs> yeah, and that'd be an easy life, wouldn't it? Uh, uh, what? A, what? It's a... Funny. Funny you should mention that because <laughs> I recently had a big clean out and I had this massive collection of them. And uh, <laughs> and, and don't get and rid I'm of talking, them. Collectors' um, items. Been... What's that? They're collectors' items. Keep them. <laughs> well, you know, you're the second person that said to me said that that they were because these are very. You know, some of these go back to the '80s, and I had about. Between 50 and 100 of them, I, you know, I was trying to collect the whole, it was like a stamp collection, you know, and I, and I recently, <laughs> I, I recently found them and I hoiked them, tossed them, you know, I just went back and put them in a bin. Mm. And you're the second person said, no, they're collectors. <laughs> maybe the bin, maybe the bin got saved. <laughs> yeah, saw the bin man. The bin man, yeah, hey, hey yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it, or whatever. But that's like you know, like like, like you talking about neighbours, talking about people mm. next door and stuff like that. It is, it is. Um, you get kicked back, but I think you have to have a long. We have to have a long view because hey, like it took me ages to become a Christian, and lots of Christians bumping into me and telling me and it's not the case for everyone. But my experience is that you know I've met people ten years later that I talked to about Jesus ten years ago. And they're suddenly interested in their ripe now because God's, right. they've come to a point in their life where they've actually thought, well, I need to think about that. It just seemed true. You know, so we're impatient and we, 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 we prepare to take the kickbacks, uh, and, and perhaps lose the friendship because you want to save, you, you, want, you want, you love someone, you want them to have what you have, which is eternal life and it's worth it. It's the, the sacrifice is love. That is, it is love to tell someone the gospel. Um, yes. But like you, like you say, to be led by the Holy Spirit is important. It isn't, you know, to go around mm. bashing people, saying, I've got a pro, I'm going to go, go and tell people the truth and they're going to hear mm. it, like, no mm. matter what. No, we've got the Holy Spirit in us. We just, all I have, all that you've got to do is say, Lord, help me. What do you want me to do? That's it, really, you know, and he'll lead you then. The yeah. way, the way I tend to operate and because of, you know, my personal situation is that I'm out there, I'm, I'm seeking to draw people out of the fire one by one because I know I don't have the charisma or the speaking skills or anything like that to reach thousands or, or, or more than that. So my goal is to pull pull people out of the fire one by one. The reason I'm sharing that with you, not because I'm a hero, it's because we all should be doing that. But just imagine if all of us believers pulled one person out of the fire, just every one of us who's alive present now, we just go around and we make it our goal to pull you know, and I don't mean to sound mercenary either. Mm. I'm sorry about the mm. language, but mm. we made it our goal in life to pull one person out of the fire mm. before we die. Yeah. Imagine the changes we could mm. make. 
And then there'll be those people who are far more skilled than me and far more charismatic than me and far more useful than me who will pull 10, they'll pull a 100, mm-hmm. they'll pull a 1,000, they'll pull millions, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to just, if we just start with one anyway, mm-hmm. um, the changes that we could make to the world and light some more lights you know, in our suburbs and our towns and in our cities and let the little light shine there mm. in this darkness that really is overwhelming the world at this mm. point in time. And I hate to well, sound yeah. pessimistic, but... I mean, if you think what, yeah. what, what you were just saying, Garth, about this one one person at a time, that is the... Yeah. If Jesus couldn't have signalled that message more clearly than in the fact that he was born in some obsolete, obscure, mm-hmm. tiny village, you know, yeah. and then he just went wandering around. He didn't get the, the 12 most influential speakers, you know, of the world or something mm-hmm. and picked up fishermen and, and only 12 at that. On the basis wow. of that, he's transformed the, 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 you know, the planet because the planet yeah. has the potential now to spread the word and you know, and, and fulfill God's mission to actually become an, an Eden again, which we lost. I mean, this is cosmic kind of stuff. And he yeah. did it with 12, 12 yes. people. And, yes. you know, somehow with 12, you, let you, do, you know, you were talking about one at a time. There's a mathematical mm. formula. He did it with 12 and went mm. out one at a time. And, and then, you know, as you say, sometimes it's more than one because it was, you know, hundreds might have been or thousands converted and so on. But it, that's how it spread. Like a mustard seed kind of thing, isn't yeah. it? So, where it's just, but wow. You, you, and, and, and invisibly through a, an unstructured way, you know, your fishermen and your, and your, and the women around him and, you know, just one, one at a time, ordinary people. It's an ramshackle, it's so, isn't it? So, such yeah. a rebel concept. And, and this is the God of crea- all creation. <coughs> uh, and this is his, his, his way of doing it. And it's like, well, we know, no, we don't really quite agree with the way you do it. That's not your plan. Yeah, we would yeah. like something a lot more like the world, please, Lord. Mm. We? <laughs> mm. Heard that before in the Old Testament. Come on, mm. you have something like they mm. got it, you know. And, uh, mm. absolutely. That's why you, you can't help loving and mm. thinking how cool God is. Mm. He, he, he's humble. And we are yeah. proud, proud men, humble God. Um, what a, what a contrast. Who, what would you rather have? But in light, in light of that, when, when you see, I mean, you've got to see, we, we, you and I, we all have a heads up. We've been, we've read the back of the book and we know the end. Yep. We know what happens and we, yep. we know he's going to burst in and he will reign and it'll be no, no holds barred, you know. No a, battle a, anymore. Exactly. No battle. No. Game over. No. Mm. There isn't going to be a fight. It's just going to speak and it'll mm. be done with his, his, yes. his voice, his, his mm. word. Um, so we, we, I suppose, have to just look at it from that perspective a bit like C.S. Lewis that we're like in the Shadowlands. You know, this, this is the place we've been rescued out of the Shadowlands. We're still here by body, but we kind of out of here really. We're in heavenly places with God mm. and it's a done deal in the, in the, out of time mm. as well. And we, we've just got to try and rescue mm-hmm. people out as well and just mm. say, come on, come on out and try mm. and reason with them. And it's a renew and it's a battle mm. for the mind. As you saw with Alistair Crowley, it was a battle for the mind to get man to think of himself differently, to change. We hear Barack Obama saying, change, you can believe him. He means mm. he means something different to what we think, which is about political mm, change. That's right. He's talking about that's changing right. your, you know, this guy's actually on the back of the change. brain, the, the brain Alchemy. project. You know, the, you know, he's meant to be a politician. He's concerned about changing, helping people's brains, uh, uh, you mm. know, uh, get a, get a, you know, a fuel injection. Mm. You know, so uh, we're in amazing times that we live in. Mm. We've got the technology now to see the the technology of the prophecy of maybe the mark of the beast. 
of man trying yet again to create immortality uh, without uh, with sin and without God. Um, uh, well, I tell you, it's encapsulated in the Tower of Babel. God's done mm. it before. Mm. You know, it's mm. its pattern, done it before, do it again, and there'll be a final, you know, do it again sort of thing. But the Tower of Babel, we're here again, aren't we? We're here at the Tower yeah. of Babel. We've come yeah. together for the sake of making a name for ourselves, you know, and global and peace and everyone, mankind's just going to be fantastic and he's going to sit on his throne and we'll all be, it'll be great. Tower of Babel thing. But, you know, there's a fist being shaken towards heaven, you know, mm. and it's this, we will storm heaven and, the, the, you know, the transhumanism movement mm. and, and lots else besides it, the whole evolution in our consciousness is, is in an attempt to be, we're going back to Genesis 3, and, you know, being like gods, and it's all happening again. And we know, we've got a heads up, as you were saying, we know what happened at the Tower of Babel before. There came a point when God looked down and said, now nothing that they might imagine will be, you know, withheld from them. And he'll have to intervene, and he will intervene. And we know that's part of an end times story, but, we, you, know, you know, the Tower of Babel is here again. And uh, yeah. so we know we're living in very close times, and very dangerous times, and mankind needs to tremble at what he's doing, you know, because the same calamity will come this time, of course. I mean, that was post-flood, but, you know, and God said he'll never uh, flood the earth again, but we know that fire, fire is a, you know, the earth might be destroyed by fiery elements, and, uh, or will be, according to the scriptures, at some point, and because mankind is going to be, try to enter Eden, you know, like, like we were already promised by God, but with a, with, you know, get that immortal body, but with sin. How horrific, how horrific for the cosmos to become an immortal, like the genie in Aladdin, you know, it becomes that, you know, mm. the, the evil one at the end, you know, all powerful. Like Shafar, with, you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with sin. Mm. Oh, that would be, that's just tragedy. Yeah. That would be cosmically, you know, yeah. the heavenly host would all be like now there's no hope for us all sort of thing and god's not going to let that happen well so. it's 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 amazing we, the time we live in really, <laughs> really does prove the bible true i mean you know um it, all the concepts nothing new under the sun that that sorry my socks going oh well never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to explain uh, well, well <laughs> uh this conversation has blown me socks off mate yeah true story
very strange. Uh, obviously, we just talked. We talked about Christians we know that are suddenly have, you know, suddenly kind of realizing that the Bible has an answer to the world we're living in. It's it's yeah. relevant. Christianity is not irrelevant. Mm. Um, genuine Christianity. You know, if if you want to know, God, like say, God will let will open your eyes. I find that you know we talked about the esoteric stuff. The Alistair Crowley's. We talk about the you know that the world is probably ruled by a cabal of you know yeah. of dark mm-hmm. spiritual people. And we know from scripture that it's run and ruled by a dark cabal of fallen angels. Spiritual powers, yeah. So, you know, it's amazing how what we have in the Bible, which might sound like myth or kind of not believable, well, I can take it or leave it, mm. is actually, we're finding in the last days, being revealed to be true. And uh, each day, not a day, well, not a day goes by when you don't actually see more and more of that, that, that being the case. Now, so now, as Christians who want to know these kind of things and have a heads up on where we're at, in time and space before the second coming of Jesus and whatever. Um, it's good to have an armory, if you know what I mean, of an understanding of the evil one's schemes in our lives, but also in the world, because then you can make sense of it. And also you can, it can help your evangelist. You're, you're giving a good reason for why you believe what you believe, because I find many people mm. uh, will talk about, they'll talk about the, the Illuminati or something, you know, <laughs> it is them. Yeah. They are after you. Don't believe what the police tell you, you know, and that, that's their kind of angle, mm, just because yeah. they got caught by the law, and it's the Illuminati's fault, right? <laughs> yeah. But at least it starts yeah. them thinking yeah. about how the world's run, mm-hmm. whatever handle they've yeah. got on it. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah. you, you can, you, what you can do is start there and say, ah, it's it, yeah, yeah. What, 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 what you talk about the Illuminati? What do you know about that? Well, I only know what I've seen on the internet, and I've seen stuff about Miley Cyrus and the, mm. the, 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 the music world and stuff, and, and then they know a bit about. Freemasonry, and then of course they they have an idea that they think it's to do with the Jews taking mm-hmm. over the world, which of course we know yeah. that's not the whole story at mm-hmm. all. Far from it. Yeah. It's probably a deception. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it gets the the, the conversation going, and we have, and, and and it's like mm-hmm. I've got to be honest, the church generally in the West over here hasn't a clue. I actually spoke yeah. to a minister from Australia, actually a good friend of mine, who mm. who comes over here every couple of to- uh, times a year. Mm. And I said, oh, have you heard of, uh, you do know about the New World Order and the Illuminati? And he went, what? What do you mean? The Illuminati? What? Mm. This is only recently. And I said, oh, come on. Go- mm. Google it, man. I said, do you realise? <laughs> then you'll know. Then you'll know. Google it. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it, it, but he, 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 he's a pastor of churches. And uh, I said, well, come on, even if it's not true, you need to know about the fact that, mm. that, uh, that people are talking mm. about it so you can relate to it. Mm. Because I said, if you watch Zeitgeist, Zeitgeist, a hundred million people have watched that, and I meet yeah, them every yeah. day, and they're convinced yeah. I'm a lunatic for believing in yeah. Jesus because they know he's Horus after all. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, and that Christianity is just a big, it's just a pagan religion reinvented. Mm. And so a lot of Christians don't know that people out there have, probably yeah. have more of a spiritual interest than they do in church, but yeah. they're but they've been duped yeah. by the esoteric Alistair Crowley worldview. Yeah. Uh, not, to, not to give him well, all the While we're on that topic, Andy, um, uh, tell us a little bit about, and, and you too, Mel, if you, you know as well, but Andy, I know you do know um, about the uh, uh, Islamic view of end times. They're on, the, they're on it, aren't they? They're, they? You can talk to them about yeah. um, the Illuminati and such, can't you? Yeah. Can, uh, you, can you talk to that a bit? Yeah, man, man, many Muslim, most Muslim guys I know, they believe there is a new world order. They're against the new world mm. order. They're against the Illuminati. They're against the Zion. They mm. believe it's the mm. Zionists, of course. Mm. It's That's from right. that, that supposed document mm. uh, 
Russian document in it, you know, the uh, protocols, protocols of the, of the elders of, of Zion, or yes. whatever, you know. And yes. so they bought into that, that plays beautifully into their hatred of, of uh-huh. Jews and destroying them because that, that's mm. actually what the Quran and the Hadith uh, prescribes, which is the annihilation of all Jews. Let's all point to the Jews as the problem, and they'll yeah. fulfil the agenda then in actually, you know, the Hitler-esque annihilation yeah, yeah, of the Jews, yeah, and they'll yeah. catch hell for it. Right. And, ooh, good, and, good and that, of course, that of course you know, <laughs> ha- has weight in their minds because obviously that some of the leading bankers of the world, you know, was it, um, what, what are they called, Goldman Sachs and stuff, and J.P. Morgan throughout history have backed Napoleonic Wars, mm-hmm. they've backed both sides of the First and Second World War, uh, mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. nasty bunch of guys, horrible, um, and they happen to be Jewish, mm-hmm. <laughs> with Jewish names or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but that, those guys... Were and not and s- the, the, the Rothschilds, um, Rothschilds. Uh, with the money they made out of Waterloo? Absolutely, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, and, and so that adds weight to their idea, and so I have to often unpick that and say, wait a minute, there are also many other people who are not Jewish who are just as... Uh, bankers who are ruling the world, who are Freemasons, who are Illuminati, you know. So, mm. yes, yes, they are. And yes, other people are. So, like, yeah, so to single out one group of people and to blame all Jewish people because there's some Jewish people who, uh, who have done some stuff uh, and then say that they're trying to take over the world through Zionism. Um, that has but to it, be unpicked. It's also important to see how, you know, when, Again, seeing God's picture, you know, God's elect were, was Israel, his portion, that, that, that small people group. The rest of the world mm. was under principalities and powers, you know, Deuteronomy 32. Oh, uh-huh. And, yes. and so when they were exiled, you know, uh, and, and spread out and, and th- a lot of their history has been under the subjection of the same principalities and powers that the Gentile nations are under. But not only that, the enemy, and all of his hosts are going to have a really good, interesting, you know, finger pointing at them under those principalities and powers, under those pressures of the world. You know, usury became a big thing in the medieval world. So the Jews started lending money because the, the church didn't allow it because they thought it wasn't a godly thing, but yeah. they let the Jews do it. And so they made money, yeah. you know, through that. But, you know, all those pressures, that pressure pot, that pressure cooker that the Jews would be under would be so much enhanced and um, um, taken advantage of by, by the enemy, by Satan. Because uh, he's going to think, what can I do to them now while mm. they're under? How can I use and subvert them? How can I really make them, you know, kind yeah. of, uh, you know, work for me. That's that would really be give me a delicious, you know, taste in my mouth because you know, what's Yahweh going to think then? You know, I've, you know, it's a you know, you see the battle side of it, right. and that the Jews are going to be blamed, have been blamed, but moreover, they're under those principalities and powers until they, until and unless, and they will, in in measure, get drawn back to well, to their Messiah. You know, well, all, all, all God's going to judge all <coughs> the Jew and non and non Jew because we're all. We're all mm. guilty. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I tend to think here, here's a good way of looking at it, like, or, or an interesting way of looking at it typologically. Jesus, when Matthew says, "Out of Egypt I, I called my son," he's quoting from Hosea, and and that refers to it's not referring to the Messiah; it's referring to Israel, because mm. Israel was called the son of God mm. because it didn't it was yeah. born of God and not of it. What didn't even have a land before it was named as a nation. Mm. So, so in that sense, it's son of God. But created. Matthew does a midrash on that and says, oh, uh, he related to Jesus coming out of Egypt after he had fled mm-hmm. to Egypt with Joseph and Mary for safety from Herod. So it's amazing how that, if you, if you take that idea, Israel gets mm-hmm. an unfair trial now. 
It's getting an unfair trial by the United Nations. Mm-hmm. It, it's, well, just, yeah. it's done good and bad like everyone else, but proportionally, mm. it hasn't done half as much bad as mm. Sudan or, mm-hmm. or, or you know Iran or whatever, you know, or Saudi Arabia. Mm. Why are they not in a dock? Well, they're not. It's an unfair trial. But Israel gets an unfair mm. trial because it gave Jesus an unfair trial. Jesus got an unfair trial. Mm. So you see, you see, oh, you, I, you gave me an unfair trial. I'm sorry, you're going to get an unfair trial. It's kind of unfair what you're getting in these last days, Israel. Yeah. yeah. But hey. You know, it's it's judgment. So um, uh, Jesus was judged for our sins. Mm. Israel's kind of in that sense sharing that kind of Messiah. It's typology. Ultimately, we know that through the judgment of Israel will come redemption of a remnant, Mm. because that's what Scripture says. But so so and the the bringing of Eden, the Davidic, you know, covenant, the bringing of Eden will will be the result of that. It will be when God's turned His eyes back to the Jews, and and they, you know. They've had all the fulfilment of their, uh, you know, prophetic promises. We've got the rule of Eden coming. It's different for us as Christians. Uh, it's nothing to do yeah. with us. We're a different animal completely. We're mm-hmm. just born again people, mm-hmm. Jew or Gentile, and we're separate. So that's a different covenant. We're under a totally different mm-hmm. covenant, mm-hmm. the covenant of Jesus' blood. Mm-hmm. But, but, um, that, that being said, it's still, it's going to be through Jesus' blood that they are actually redeemed in the end as a nation. Anyway, getting on from although, that. Although we, although we do, we do have a relationship with them in that, scripturally where we're grafted into the vine yes um so yeah so you know it's a it's yep. a strange thing it's it can <laughs> um you know sort of bend your mind a bit when you think about yeah. what you just said is essentially true but then you got the scripture saying we're grafted in so yeah. this thing can really really bend your mind it does bend i just your wanted mind. to say it's a supernatural um, thing that's why yeah yeah it's supernatural that's right <laughs> i just wanted to say um and i know you know i've said this before andy and i know it annoys some people i i, I actually know it annoys some people but you see um i don't think there's one one people group or one interest group or anything that's behind this whole thing like okay so you'll get some people say look um, uh, yeah. the, I, I like to use the term Illuminati as, uh, as a, a, a byword or something so we can put wheels on what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't even think they call themselves that. They no. probably laugh. They mm. probably, yeah. you know, have a little giggle behind their hands yeah. and say, oh, all these people call yeah, yeah, Illuminati. Yeah. It's hilarious. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, but, but it's yeah. a good one because if you use it, then we all know we're on the same page. It's a label, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, right. I, but I think I'm coming to the part that where I annoy people. See, I don't believe it's all the Jews. I don't believe it's all the Jesuits. I don't believe it's all the Freemasons. I don't believe it's any one particular group. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a, um, ultimately it's a spiritual thing, right? We know that. Mm-hmm. But as far as the flesh and blood goes, I think it's a group of like-minded people from every walk of life, from every religious or national or mm-hmm. cultural or genetic even background, right? Um, from every, every other, um, division that you can make, they're all in this group together and they're all like-minded and their ultimate aim right. is to bring out, bring around a, a new world order and to place, you know, the guy that we know as the, we call the Antichrist on the top of that heap. And that's their aim. Mm. But I know it annoys people because mm. they want, they want us to label, okay, it's the Jesuits. Yeah. I can prove to you since, you know, year, you know, since the Counter Reformation started, it's all the Jesuits. Mm. No, that's not it. That's mm. not the end of the story. And then you got, we've just talked about, it's all the Jews, but no, that's, that's not the end of the story. Then you got Freemasonry. Well, I think Freemasonry, you know, it's a very, very handy one because, you know, it's a secret society and they, they do all these strange and weird and wonderful things. And, you know, you get this guy giving this funny hand signal, this other guy, and he stands in this position. And he knows what he's saying. And 
then he does this little hand wiggle and that hand shape, and it's all very interesting, but that's not all there is to it. There's another level above that, and they're just from every walk of life, and we're never going to know them. We're, they're going to remain faceless, it, as far as I'm concerned, because well, they're the real movers and shakers. Yeah, and, and the umbrella is, or the net, I think, is perhaps a better analogy, is so much wider as well. You've got to bring into that all the new ages, all the new age world servers, right. and with their new age... Right. Peace and love vision, you know, and all, or whatever they come in on, on that end. There's all of those. You can throw in all the different religions, you know, for their good mm-hmm. and, and not so good aspects, but throw all those yep. in as well. Ultimately, I, I, I mean, I agree with you in the sense that it comes down to whether you're the seed, you know, you, you know, it's seed of Messiah. It's a, it goes from that to Genesis 3, seed of Messiah or the seed of the Nakash, you know, the serpent. We all, you know, it, it depends on what's in our heart and 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 who we're and what we're ultimately serving. We can we can pick up, um, you know, the label Illuminati if we want. We can pick up the mm. label Freemason. Mm. We can pick up all that's true. But each and, and every individual, you know, it's seed of the Nakash. We, we're either, you know, Jesus Himself ultimately said to the Pharisees, you know, you are of your father, you know, mm. you know, mm. we have a father, we have a spiritual father, one way or the other. And we're either going to serve the the serpent father, or we're going to serve, you know, the one true God, the one true living God. Um, and so, yeah, the whole of that agenda, the human uh, members of God, God's uh, of the of the family, the humans who have turned aside from Yahweh, they're ultimately, you know, they're they're, they're serving their father's purposes, the serpents. They've turned aside from him, <coughs> and that's spread across the globe, and as you say, across organisations. Lots of different organisations. We can talk. We can look at the Church of Rome. You know, there's many different aspects as to who is the, um, you know, who who is who is uh, you know who's Babylon. You know, is it America? Is it the Church of yes. Rome? Is it is it, Saudi, over, is Arabia. it Saudi Arabia in the Middle East? Yes. It's kind of the answer's kind of yes. Probably you know? all of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because uh, and, you know, or, or you, you can look at that. You know, who's the false prophet? Who's going? Well. You know, and people, oh, he's, a, he's Obama, you know, is he the Antichrist? Well, he's certainly spirit of Antichrist mm. because, you know, we're all, it's seed of serpent or seed of a seed yeah. of Messiah. It's one or the other. We've all got a father. Yeah. And, and I suppose we're kind of interested in trying to work out the, the, the details and try, we all, all want to kind of triangulate what the situation is at the end. But we do know from scripture that it yeah. says that the, 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 the delusion will be very, very strong, very convincing. So you never know, Obama might be end of, being an anti-antichrist. <laughs> yeah. What? Exactly. You know, he might be like a pretend antichrist so that everyone hates him and then the antichrist comes along and get, mm-hmm. debunks him, gets mm-hmm. rid of him. Yeah. And, yeah. and we'll go, yeah. oh, wow, that's good. Mm-hmm. It might be that the yeah. false prophet, which we think is the mm-hmm. Pope or something, it ends up to be the anti-false prophet and there's another one, <laughs> a Jewish one that comes along like Elijah or something. Who knows? You well, don't know. Well, what about, what about the reported statements uh, from Putin um, and I'll just give it the Garth paraphrase, but he was saying that um, uh, he feels sorry for Christians in the United States and in Europe uh, because Christianity has lost its way and Russia will mm-hmm. be the beacon for Christianity in the world because the rest <laughs> of the world's lost their way. Did you hear that one? Yes, and so he sounds like our new best friend. Exactly, he <laughs> does. Like, like you, you see, you see, mm. I see a lot of Americans Careful. saying that they prefer to listen to what Putin's saying than Obama. Mm. And who can blame them because he's yeah. saying the right things, isn't he? Yeah. If you're a Christian, if you're a believer. Uh-huh. Yeah, because what he's yeah. saying comparatively, uh-huh. 
compared mm-hmm. to what Obama. Obama's going the way of Russia and going socialist and communist and dictatorship. Right. And, well, and, 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 uh, and Putin, Putin's Putin, going yeah, very moralistic. Pu- and... Yeah, Putin is no fool. He's just playing a game. Yeah. He's just, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll say this and I'll pretend to be a Christian mm. and I'll be nice mm. and I'll, you know, and, 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 uh, I'll, I'll, I'll attack America. I'm going to make really rub America's nose. There's nothing worse for Americans to think that they've been socialized. It's totally an, uh, anti, mm. anti their constitution. Yeah. Apart from the young kids who've been growing up in an education system that's been brainwashing them for the last 40 years or 50 years. And they've turned into clones for, uh, and they, they have forgotten that they haven't been taught history. So they think Marxism would be the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> and they mm-hmm. forget the history mm-hmm. of what it ca- what came about. What a terrible. Um, well, there's more. Slaughter. There's more. Um, what's being taught in schools today now, um, all around the world, um, is is more uh, akin to social engineering than learning facts and figures. There's no. Mm-hmm. There's not a real lot of data being taught anymore. Um, uh, no, no. It's just something I I, I read in um, you know, to do with um, you know, what education used to be, and it used to be predated mm. upon classical classical education you know an understanding right, right. of ancient greek and latin and hebrew you know the, the ancient mm. disciplines and how it taught you rhetoric and, and logic and how to think and you know the key thing is in education at the moment we it's it's teaching you um you know what it's teaching you what to think so it's telling you what to think and then how to do yes, it how, how to, to become utilitarian the yeah. um yes. a good cog in society's machine Whereas really the the reverse is what you know an American knew of this. This is why it's mourning so much. And I don't know about Australia. In England, we've had the demise of our traditional education decades ago. But you know it, yes. it, what it should be is teaching you, you know, you know how to think, and then what hmm. to do about it. You yeah. know, having had the the correct thinking of how to proceed, we can then. You know, mm. still try to. You know, I'm just talking generally, not as Christians, but just as people thinking, thinking, That's right. critical, thinking. critical yeah. thinking, using our faculties, and then being effective for the right. You know, with with that thinking head on your shoulders. But it's the reverse, yes. of course. We've been numbed and dumbed through our education system. Still very sad because you, you know you see their little minds being turned off from thinking, being told what to think anyway. Heavily so, heavy, heavy social engineering. A large part of the day is taken up with that, and if you if I analyse an average day where I teach or you know anyone teaches, looking at the planning and so on, tiny little bit of it might be the tiniest bit of investigative maths where you don't have to know the right answers, but you know have a little go, just play around a bit, and it doesn't matter what answer you come up with. Literacy is. A, you know, appalling. It's a tragedy mm. Um, mm. because you know the, the, the whole the whole um, appeal to our imagination and the love of literature and language and ideas and mm. and stories. The power of storytelling. It's gone. It's it's been soullessly, systematically destroyed out of our from young minds. And so by the time they're seven, I would say, Garth, I would say by the time they're seven, they're completely turned off as to the power of mm. literature or the power of just reading, knowing about yeah. stuff, any of that. And it's yeah. tragic. Ignatius Leola, give me the boy. For seven years, yeah. I'll give you the man. Yeah. That's right, yeah. You know, we need to see even beyond that with with the, the you know, the eyes of, of uh, understanding as far as we can in terms of God's purposes. Yes. Because a marvellous thing is also happening, which is that, 
you know, he cares for Gentile nations. He cares for every nation, every person, tribe, tongue. His plan is to redeem all of humanity, if it were possible, yes. you know, every individual. Yes. And so these people, and we're talking about Muslims in Syria and, and the whole of the Islamic world, are under the cosh of a vile, even if he just took it on a political level, vile, but, you know, spiritually speaking, evil, you know, um, regime, understanding. Um, and they're, they're under, they are slaves under that system. And God, through this political movement that's going on, all this uprooting, they have been uprooted from a you know a place where they'd never have heard the gospel, never have the chance, mm. and mm. much less to practice it. Even if they did, as you were saying earlier, you know that the cost is wow, and they yeah. are being uprooted and literally put into our uh, you know into Europe, into other nations that do still have the freedom to tell them the gospel, and the freedom to to be loved. You know, our, our mandate as Christians is to love you know everybody, and if we're not careful we can get into a sort of entrenched jonah attitude you know jonah hated the idea of god preaching to the ninevites you know because they were mm. dot 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 they were a b c d and e and jonah represented israel he was you know god's chosen well, people scary. they were yeah, genuinely know, really scary and that's his justification and and that's what we've got now yeah. nonetheless god tells him to go and preach and what what happens they receive the, God, the Ninevites, you know, received, they repented and did all those right things. As you were saying earlier on, Andy, they have a good, strong concept of, of, of kind of, uh, of justice and what, you know, you know, what needs to be done. It's just that, that they've got a sort of Pharisaic almost sense of yeah. justice. You know, it's all about doing the right thing. If you do the right thing, it doesn't matter if your heart's not changed. That's a sort of Islamic way of changing society. Um, and, and of course, God say, no, it's the heart. But we see, I don't know whether you've seen, but I'm so moved by how many, uh, there seems to be a huge movement of, of, of God, of, the, of his Holy Spirit in the hearts and minds of Muslim people. They're having dreams, they're having visions, personal manifestations of Jesus, and they receive him with glad, glad hearts. Uh, and it just is, that's something we can clap our hands to and praise you our way for, because... That is a wonderful thing that's coming out because God never, ever lets, you know, we see the tragedy, we see crises, we see the bad things happening in our lives, mm. politically, mm. globally, internationally, nationally. But God, you know, takes that underside of the tapestry and it's like, he's amazing. He can turn, you know, he brings good for oh, his purposes, I should say, okay. his purposes out. I would it. say there's probably three uh, different. Uh, uh, yeah, oh. go for it, man. Uh, I was just going to say. I'll add to that and say I think we've got to bear in mind too, um, since you know most of the countries we're talking about and Australia included, we're getting a lot of uh, Muslim refugees. And as believers, we see these uh, um, people as an opportunity for um, you know people to witness to and to bring you know into uh, God's fold. Mm. One thing we've got to remember because there is a fine line between. You, you know, compromise, okay, so we don't want to compromise um, our faith or our belief or whatever, but we're not going to win them over with hatred, mm -hmm. right? And we're not going to win them over with, you know, wrong attitudes towards them, you know, just because, oh, they're, you know, they're an invading force and all mm -hmm. of this. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not going to win them over with hatred. That's not going to work. It's just like when witnessing to homosexual people. Mm -hmm. You're not going to win them over 
by, but with hatred and, and, That's right. and, um, now I'm not talking about saying you compromise no. and, and, you know, you soften the gospel or you soften, you know, what the Bible might say about homosexuality. Um, because that is also a thing that's happening now. People are saying, oh, well, look, you know, Jesus never said anything against homosexuality, mm. therefore it's right. Well, mm. you know, that's just a real mm. twist there. Um, so I'm not talking about compromise, but, you know, the opposite's also true. You can't win people with hatred. It goes for Muslim. It goes for um, homosexuals. It goes for all of these, mm. you know, it goes for all these other people in every group, right? We're not going to win them by preaching hatred or having bad attitudes towards them. Mm. And what's what's happening, you know, with a lot of Christians is um, they are coming out with this attitude, this attitude of, well, you know, they're something less than we are. And it sets us us up to to appear to be something more than we are because really at the end of the day, we're supposed to be humble servants of the king of the universe, right? Uh Uh-huh. And... Some, we're sinners saved. We're sinners saved. The bottom line, we're all exactly. beggars. That's all we are. You know, we're just sinners so we are. saved. And we don't look down on other groups of people and we don't hate them, um, especially if you want to win them over. Because if you're going to treat me like rubbish, I'm not coming to your place for a cup of tea, mm-hmm. mate. You know, I mm-hmm. don't care what you got going mm-hmm. on there. You know, how yeah. good you say it is, I ain't coming over. Yeah. Am I? So we, we've got to bear that in mind. And so... Um, and I said it a couple of times already. Sorry, I repeat myself, but that doesn't. I'm not saying we compromise the gospel nope. or the truth or our uh, our way of life or anything like that. But you can't win people by over by hating them. Yeah. You can't win souls to Christ by showing hatred. And you know, um, I think we need to keep that in mind as as believers going forward with these new people arriving in our countries. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's just a very. I, I, I see it on a number of different levels. I would say that the influx of Islam coming into the West isn't necessarily just because of the Syrian thing. Uh, mm, they could, no, a lot of those Muslims could have gone. More to it, they yes. could have gone to Saudi Arabia. They could, they could have gone to Muslim countries. Yeah. They could have gone to, you know, why did they not get go to Turkey? They come, you know, route one straight to uh, Greece and then through the back door straight into Western Europe. Okay, so there's clearly a a strategy there, uh, there's something else going on there that people aren't noticing it, you know, but it's the fog of war. So we're all panicking and well, we can't think straight. Sure. But so on that, on that level, okay, there's a a big scheme plan on another level. God has a plan to judge the Western world and Europe for rejecting him. And he uses Islam to come and be his Nebuchadnezzar. First of all, to judge us as our political nation as nations, uh, yeah. uh, you know, we were trying to create a Tarab Bible over here in the European Union, you know, and because God said he wanted us to be nations and we're saying, no, thank you. We're all going to be one European pot. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah. on the other hand, and we've rejected him, of course, in our culture, in our com- comedy, in our literature, in our education system. Where's God? Where's God? Well, he, you've got rid of him out of the classroom. You want, now you want to know where he is. Now something's gone wrong. Mm. You know, mm. well, I'm not here. Because, uh, so Islam is allowed to be his, a necessary evil that comes in and fills that void as a result of his fairness and his justice in his divine counsel. And also I, th- I see Islam as a kind of judgment on the backslidden church that has been playing games with ecumenicism for many, many years and saying we all worship the same God, isn't it wonderful? We're all going to get on, you know, and ha- you know, and have a good time. I think that, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, you know, Hezekiah was playing, playing hooky with, um, with, with Nebuchadnezzar a few times. In fact, he invited him over when he was ill and said, come and have a look at all, the, all, all me temple and all the, all the booty that's in there and stuff. And he was a good guy, Hezekiah was, but he, he made a slip up there. 
you know, there's, and then it calls uh, Nebuchadnezzar says, "Oh, I'm so sad you've got a cold. Yeah, do you want a handkerchief? Anyway, see you later. But I've just viewed all <laughs> your all your wealth and all your all your uh, you know your treasures and stuff. And Islam yeah. would like to come and rob the the treasures of Islam, uh, of Christianity, which is the wonderful grace of Jesus Christ and everything. So, right, um, right. And uh, so on that level, it's a polemic against the Baptist Church. The final level I want to bring it to is that they are here. There's a remnant church. Mm-hmm. To witness to these Muslims, yep. God has a purpose for right. the remnant right. church. He's not judging the remnant mm-hmm. church who are hungry for His truth and want love His gospel right. and want to witness to everybody. He's got yep. them here for that purpose. So there's like three purposes: one's to judge the nations that are playing hooky, one is to judge a backslidden church, and another one is to give an opportunity to the remnant church to witness to save people for heaven. Because that's really what it's yeah. all about. So that's yeah. those are the three levels I, I tend to see it on. Yeah, yeah, I can't disagree with any of that. Um, and and I I think you know my little ramble I had before. I think um, you know if if you consider yourself part of this remnant church, then you have to take a part in this and take the opportunity. Yeah, not to just to witness to Muslims, of course, but to witness to anybody and everybody that God yeah. brings across your yeah. path. Um, you know, using wisdom, of course. Um, and you, you know, I don't, I've said it before, I don't mean to sound mercenary, but really that's what we're here for. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're here just to collect goodies for yourself and to look after yourself, um, and you know, gather things under, under your own self, whether it be fame for, uh, fame, fortune, you know, whatever, um, then you're wasting your time. If you're not sharing the gospel, you know, you know, someone wiser than me, you know, said it a long time ago. You know, your faith is not worth a lot unless you're prepared to give it away and share it, is it really? Mm-hmm. If you're just going to sit there and hug it and sit in your little corner in fear, right? Now, I understand a lot of people would be in fear. Yes, it's a scary world out there. And um, bear in mind also that um, we're not all cut out to be super-duper evangelists. Yeah. No. Um, we're all parts of one body and we've all got different roles. You get some people who are musicians like you guys. Mm. Um, you get some people who will who are more charismatic. Like I said before, I'm not that charismatic, but people that are charismatic evangelists and they can you know speak to a crowd and mm. convince a whole range of them to become believers. Um, then you yeah. get these great preachers, you've got great scholars, you've got people who are great with technology, mm-hmm. but then you've got people who are happy to sit down one-on-one and win people over and do it slowly and do it over time. And that's what I'm getting at. At the very least, the very least we can do is is to work on someone one at a time and win someone over. Because in my opinion, when we get to the other side, all we're taking with us, all you're going to see there are the people that you've dragged out of the fire. You know, that's going to be, you know, that's, that's that's a treasure, right? I mean, there will be rewards and all of that, and I'm not saying anything against that. No. But really, we don't care. You know, we we don't really care about them, do we? We I want to see the people there that you know that. Save. Well, I'd like to see everybody there, obviously. But oh. um, you know, I'm trying. I, I want to make sure that when I get there, that I can, you know, it's going to be such a great, wonderful mm. time of um of fellowship. Yes, we're all going to want to gather around Jesus. But imagine when you're there and you're yeah. looking into the crowd and you're seeing Absolutely. the faces. And you're knowing, you know, yeah. you know, hey, that person we came all made along for it a ride. One way or another. And yeah. I played I played a part in it. And, you know, mm. it's God who, you know, it's one person who um, plants and, and, you know, another waters and God gives the increase. A very good friend of mine that was in, in, the, in my original band that I was in 
Uh, we've been friends for 35 or plus years. I witnessed to him for years and I really wanted to win, win this guy over. And, uh, and, uh, especially when I was a sort of a younger, newer believer, I just hammered this guy for years on end. And I just couldn't, I couldn't believe why he didn't want to be a believer. I just couldn't get the concept. Anyway, we moved away and we only sort of, um, saw him occasionally, but my wife's brother, he ended up uh, through other channels meeting him. And, um, it was, it was him who he, he gave the commitment with. Like it was my brother-in-law that ended up going to church with and becoming a believer. And that really just said to me that scripture is true, true. Someone waters, you know, someone plants, yeah. someone waters, and yeah. it's God yeah. who gives the increase. And yeah. he's there by God's power now, not ours. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, that's the truth. So plant some seeds, mm. and even if you don't see the fruition of that, it may come in another way, and I've been blessed to know that my mate's been saved mm-hmm. um, because we planted seeds, and my wife's brother, years and years later, I just yeah. it, it was probably yeah. 10 years or more later, yeah. witnessed yeah. to him, and he went, yes, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, like our, like our brother, Robbie, who's now the drummer, who's drumming right. our mm-hmm. band, 10 years later, got saved, you know, <laughs> suddenly the, yeah. the, the, the time was right, he'd worked, it, the host. Right. He was with us for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, but like you say, you can't wow. speed something up, you might slow it down, but you can't no. necessarily no. speed it up, and uh, absolutely, uh, really, uh, it should be, we, should, we shouldn't feel condemned and a terrible thinking, people may be listening thinking, oh no, I've got to go and witness to loads of people, and what am I doing? Uh, that's what you, no, what, no, what, because what, prayer, prayer, for example, and as another gift, you know, yeah, is so exactly. invaluable as part of that that planting, right. that whole thing that you know that yes. you just gave yes. the Garfi analogy. You know, yes. absolutely prayer. You know, so one that, that do, waters yeah. in a certain way that prepares the soil. Totally, themselves. one person can do one thing, but they can only do that one thing, and they need the body, they need the yeah. other people. Like that's why yes, I like that's, meeting that's the what fellowship. I'm saying. Yeah, you know, you might be able to do yeah. something. I might be gifted in say talk to people about Jesus or something. But I'd be a terrible pastor, at, like discipling right. that person or something. You know, mm-hmm. like I think Jacob mm-hmm. Prash said once. You know, it would be uh, it'd be lamb chops for every Sunday if he was a pastor. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, you know, they'd be destroyed. You know, it wouldn't be very good at being at being looking after a lamb, looking after a, after a sheep kind of thing. Someone can be an evangelist and be absolutely no good at actually uh, leading someone in walking with Jesus afterwards. They're just right. purely gifted in telling them the gospel to get saved. And, right. and, and so, you know, we're very limited in that sense. We have specific gifts. Obviously, it isn't an excuse to not try and help someone and disciple them. But I'd have to be, I'd have to be the first to put my hands up and say, I'm not very good at discipling people. Uh, to me, it's telling people about Jesus. I'll try, mm-hmm. but I ain't very good. I know people who are fantastic that, at doing it. And that. that's why, that's why, you know, very early on, I said, we all need, we need each other. We all need each other because we're part of the body. Like for me, there's no such animal as a lone Christian. You, they don't exist because no. we need one another because we don't know it all. We don't have it all. And that's why, you know, you know, one's an arm, one's a leg, someone's an eye, but we all make up part of this body. And you said it, um, Mel, about prayer. You know, um, you know, I, I, sometimes I, I go with these great intentions, not always when I go to bed, but might be before God. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to spend this time in prayer, you know, and yeah. I, I, I get started in. My mind <laughs> wanders, and I realised I don't know how long later, and I'm like, yeah. "What have I prayed? I'm just thinking about that thing, that thing." If I'm not the best person to lock in a prayer closet, closet and give them the responsibility, <laughs> you you be the you know you yeah. be the prayer warrior. Don't pick me. <laughs> yeah. I'm Someone glad, else, though. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, because we we have people in our group that are just such good yeah. prayers, and I'm thinking, gosh, yeah. how do they know how to pray. I want them to be around. I want to be around them, and I want to tell them what he's praying for. I know that, although, you know. Because they, 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 you know, it's different. It is a gift. 
and mm. uh, we yeah. are different. And, and we, like you say, we're all sinners, and we're just like vessels that God, by His grace, can use. And so, if He can, in one way or another, that that's it's it, it, it's it's uh, it's it's His grace. It's His it's Him working through you. Uh, sometimes, like you say, you can you can think oh, I've got this gift and I can do this and I can do that, mm. and it's mm. just you. You know, it can just be you. It can be right. all your effort and stuff. So, again, you know, it's got to be God working through. We, I mean, we we did a study. God. Mel did a really good study of the day on uh, Jonah and the Ninevites and stuff, and you know, like uh, God, God asking Jonah to go and tell people and stuff, and that oh, that was a great gift of teaching and stuff that we had in the group, and we could all get we could all learn together. But it just takes that one person to kind of just start off yeah. the ball rolling yeah. so we can all learn together it isn't that one person's mm. better than another it, god it's just it's it's a great thing to see god move amongst a few people with their different gifts when the holy when it's in 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 unity with the holy spirit that's something yes. that's an amazing yes. thing i've witnessed uh sometimes and it's uh yeah but it, it's a leveler because you realize it's only by god you can do it. otherwise we're stuffed <laughs> absolutely um but the good thing about that is that even in this virtual world uh, we can have fellowship. Uh, we can share together. We can part, be part of that body. Mm. And so let's, yeah. mm. let's do our best to look after one another, be our brother and sister's keeper, be, be that person. And, and please, if you, if you are a prayer warrior, pray for me because I, I'm, I'm absolutely terrible at it. It's something, <laughs> it's something I need. Um, but again, you know, go, it's like you're, sorry, you're, so I was just going to say it's, it's, you know, we can look at the surface thing and mourn, you know, we can see the demise of the, the organic, you know, whatever real church right. and going to church yes. on a Sunday and church structures and oh, it's sad, it's sad and, and fear this virtual maybe church that's arising, mm. this, this fellowship mm. of believers that we all have online, you know, mm. we, I, we know yes. so many and I thank God actually for it because the, the, I do thank God and I think he's working in, you know, he works in transcultural ways. You know, it's not, right. you know, we can, we, sometimes we have to let go of our cultural, whatever it is. And I think the virtual church idea, you know, Sharon and, and Derek Gilbert do it so well. Uh, and it, it's there and God is going to use it. And if I was saying to Andy the other day, if I hadn't, having been, gone to so many building structures different churches mm. and denominations mm. and one by one uh you know not been able to stay there for for, re- for certain reasons you know and then forming coming out and forming we went back to what we thought was uh understood to be a you know an early church structure early testament uh, new testament church structure which is just meeting in people's houses with other believers we all share in our gifts we're all um mm. You know, like Andy was saying, a great equaliser. And, you know, Jesus is our pastor. Jesus is our teacher. You know, we get led by him and he feeds us, you know, and we're well fed. And we're well fed through, I should say, sermon audio stuff, podcasts, uh, good teachings online. God is feeding his His church and maybe letting the old structure, that old thing, that old shell just just mm. go off and die, basically. Just, just go off mm. and do your thing. I'm not saying all, obviously, those churches are dying, no, no. but you know, there is, he, he's in the new, he's in the, you know, and, and just like we were saying about these, um, Islam, you know, coming in. And yet, if we look at just a little bit deeper, we can see that God's doing something there, saving thousands upon thousands of Muslims who, who were stuck under the wrong, you know, principalities and powers that couldn't, didn't even allow for the preaching of the gospel to these people, who God loves, you know. So there's always this good that's coming out of 
what we, you and I, we all say, and he's, oh no, I hate, you know, our hands on our heads, but what, keep watching because God does something good out well, of it. I think it, I think it's weird because uh, you know I'm, I'm sure that when uh, the temple was destroyed and I'm sure that when things went wrong in in the Old Testament with the Jews, they must have thought, how can this be? You know, God's allowing this to happen. You know, this yeah. destruction yeah. or this and whatever. And we know, we know in hindsight that uh, we have that heads up that, that God was in, was active in that. That was His will. That was His plan. Sounds like it's the devil's will, but actually yeah. it was His plan. Yeah. Behind it, allowing that to happen. Yeah. I'm convinced now that. Uh, that you know, God God has used denominations and churches and buildings and stuff, but uh, you know that they there's they weren't necessarily perfectly what He wanted. I guess there never has been. No. You know, it's always been a bit of a mess. But you know, I think forcing folks to actually kind of have to think, well, okay, we'll meet in the house and go home, ha- has mm. been has been really good, um, and it's a case of jump will be pushed. Uh, you know. To have buildings and to have a church that's kind of even indirectly married to the state, i.e., it owns and has a mortgage on on a building. It has to provide. It has a deal with the local council. Mm. Has to provide certain services yeah. to to be registered as a as a as a, as a uh, charity and to have tax exempt status and all this kind of stuff. All the so called <coughs> goodies that come from that are actually like real kind of um, yokes of uh, and of compromise. And so, if God's basically going to reach people and wants to, uh, an art, you know like a kind of um a group of christians to reach folks it's probably going to be in a very normal down to down to earth way people people are on the internet people I, i've probably talked to more people about jesus on the internet than i did before uh just mm. by but it, you have to be wise with it but you know putting the word of god out there they hear the word of god That's or read it get sure. annoyed at it and, and post something back and you know have a go uh but also just meeting in the house uh, and and uh, having fellowship with just a few folks, or even going for a coffee somewhere and having fellowship yeah. and praying, whatever you you kind of beg, steal, and borrow. What kind of fellowship you can get, what you can. It's a messy world. Um, uh, and, even, and 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 again, even if it's virtual, yeah, over Skype or whatever, on Facebook or whatever. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so like what we're doing still now can be a good thing, and God can be in that. Um, and I'm not saying that He can't. I guess you know from per- personal experience is that. Um, you know, my wife and I have been in a, a number of churches over the years as believers, and um, we're currently, you know, this last church that we're in, we've been there for four or five years now, um, just happens to be the best church we've ever been in. Mm. And um, it's not a big building. There's very few people there. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a very small congregation, but it's got a lot to do with the the preaching and the teaching and Absolutely. the love of the people there because the yeah. pastor just opens the Bible and teaches word for word and line for line out of the scripture and um the people genuinely love and love and care for one another um and that's why i have a little bit of a lament mm-hmm. over um like I, I just wish we'd have found that years ago because we, we we went through a, a a lot of wilderness time you know f- trying to find a a a a decent church where the yeah. true gospel was um preached and, and we spent a lot of time in, in a particular church, for example, where, um, and because we were ignorant, um, the, the pastor taught directly out of the writings of Norman Vincent Peale. Wow. Far more than he did out of the Bible. 
And, you know, in the back of my mind, and I'm saying to my wife, I had something wrong here, right. where's the Bible? Like, you know, but because ignorant and, you know, mm-hmm. I'll say it, a bit dumb, you know, mm-hmm. young, dumb, new believers. We didn't know any better. He's the pastor. Yep. He knows, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and just went along with that for so long, and that's like 30 years ago. Now we found a, a really good church that meets in a building that I lament that, the loss of that because in, in where we're at, there's 70 or 80 churches in that city and there's only one that I, oh, there might be another one, but you know, there's only one that I know of where it's line by line out of the scriptures. You know what I'm trying to say? It's well, sad. Well, I, I think that persecution, obviously that's not happening there where you suddenly get harangued, you know, you get a mob come down to your local. Oh, there is. Building. There is actually a little bit, but oh, right. we won't go into the details, but yes, there <laughs> is. Oh, okay. But, 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 but a little bit, a little it, bit. Whether it be them or whether it be the state, you know, the government bringing mm. through laws that will make it kind of form of persecution like a different form of mob. Yes. Um, yes. But, but, um, um, I, I, I wonder that actually won't it just be, just have to be the case that you stay at, meet at houses? And yeah, have yeah. to sell, sell, sell the Eventually building. I see uh, that. So I mean, I'm kind of like I remember a guy called Sam Byro coming and sit talking uh, out of out of and like we used to go to these meetings that were just out like you say in a in a, a hired community building and then get it there'd be an itinerant speaker come and Christians from all 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 house churches or all, all churches and whatever just a big hodgepodge of people who wanted to hear good teaching mm. because they weren't getting it mm. in churches would come to it was uh, and. Um, this one guy, Sam Burris, he says, look, I'm going to tell you, so I've got three things to preach today to teach on, but I'm going to go straight. I'm going to tell you straight away where I'm aiming to. Basically is get out of churches, go home, go underground. Mm. Now, mm. <laughs> he says, I'm going to take mm. three um, kind of talks and, and Bible expositions yeah. to get to that point. But because probably by the end of the day, most of you won't be here. You'll be peed off. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you yeah. now what I'm aiming. There were a lot of pastors there. There were a lot of pastors there. Right. There were Methodist right. pastors and Baptist pastors who wouldn't have wanted right. to hear what he had to say. So he yeah. went straight for the jugular. <laughs> yeah. And they were, yeah. as you'd expect, annoyed. And they were trying to yeah. stand up. And, and, and as a result of that, some of them, lovely guys, were saying, look, look everybody here who's coming to this Fellowship of Truth thing, who's out, out on the Heath kind of thing, come to my church and we can make it happen. And and, and yeah. it'll be all right there, my Methodist church. Yeah. So they started going to there and using it as a thing. And then that ended up just too expensive or, or, or an issue and it, it couldn't work out. So, it, it, yeah, uh, I think the old-style pastor with his, with his church and he mows the lawn as well, you know, I think that's got to go because it's actually not biblical. And even even we as born again Christians and evangelicals and Pentecostals and charismatics, we've got to ditch that because that's still the old Babylonian pattern. Mm. Is as well as God uses it, God loves those pastors. But the idea of one guy, one guy mm. paid thirty odd mm. grand to mess your church up each year, and you go along once a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the truth. It's the truth. I'm so sorry. And because he's good at teaching. Or might be good at mm. teaching. Does that is that cover a multitude of of Other of, gifts. of lack of gifts anywhere else? Mm. And that has mm. often been the case. The guy speaks the truth. He expands the Bible really well, and we watch and go home. Mm-hmm. And that's that's it for us. Well, and we're, we're nothing but an audience, and it is Babylonian because it's the old priesthood, you know, reinstituted, and and you know. The super, you know, that yeah. superior over the, and the, the laity have got nothing to say or share or 
They just sit well, and listen the drops of wisdom and go home, and that's it. And they probably don't even need to look at the Bible through the week. Nice one, Pastor. See you next week. Just wait till Sunday. You know, let well, him do all the well, work. Well, a good, a good, a good, a good pastor will prepare his congregation to be the arms and the legs of the church. He will mm. teach them. Yeah. He he will be, teach them how to go out and spread the gospel, mm. um, and he'll equip the saints to do the work that God has sent before them. And and part of that is his preaching and yeah. his teaching, right? Yeah. Um, now that doesn't happen so much because what you'll find is, and and I don't mean to sound too critical, but uh, a lot of a number of pastors, I, I don't know how many, but I'm going to say a lot because a lot I've come across, they're empire builders and they're building their own empire, and it's come mm-hmm. to my church and listen to me, mm-hmm. and it's my way of the highway. We happen to go to a church where the pastor's not like that at all. Like he's just a a good teacher who you can actually disagree with, and he doesn't. I can't yeah. say he doesn't care, but, you know, and, and, and I just wish, you know, that there's a lot of people out there who write to me or who you see in forums saying, where can I find a good church? Well, there's not many. Mm. And, and so thus we're back to where we're talking about, hey, it, you can find it virtually. And I am glad about that. Yeah. I don't mean to sound like I'm not mm. because I get a lot out of it myself. Yeah. I just lament that, you know, I, I'm a face, I prefer face to face. And, it, you know, as you guys know, I, I have limited no mobility. And so I mm. really miss the real face-to-face stuff. Yeah. And, and so and that it's is very really, personal. It's really important to still be aware of that as we, we, we are hurtling mm. into this virtual world mm-hmm. and we can't really run yeah. away from it. Yeah. But let us not forget, and, and this is going to be the sadness of, of, of everyone who hurtles into the virtual world, the next generation and mm-hmm. the one after that, we are human beings. We, we need to... To sit That's with right. one another, look at one another, yes. be touched exactly. by one another, hug one another, and and in a practical sense, you know, to, to know that you know the, the value of us meet in our house church is that we genuinely know and love one another. We live a few miles away, just a few from each other, so we're there. Mm. You know, we've got a guy coming round, one someone in in a, an hour after this to help Andy mm. do with the, the wallpaper stripping. You know, and he's there to help. <laughs> so it's like. You know, he's a brother. Of course you're going to help. Brother. That's yeah. what brothers do. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of well, thing. So we need that, the, the, the love and the practical help we need the of real people, us. not just virtual people, you know. If you're, if you're putting tea and scones on, I'll come over and help as well. <laughs> but I, I think that if anyone's listening, if they're still listening, um, uh, you, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't feel bad um, about the idea that you, you, you're laid up, you, you, you're stuck at home, or and no. you can't get to a church, and you shouldn't no. feel bad about, say, watching a good pastor on on no. the internet. I mean, t- we we will sometimes watch Jack Hibbs from mm-hmm. Calvary Chapel. Mm-hmm. We love him as mm-hmm. a group, and we'll often watch him myself or listen to Dan, you know, mm-hmm. or I'll listen to a guy called Bill Randalls. I love Bill Randalls from Believers in Grace. I love his preaching and teaching; it really ministers to me. And we might sometimes watch that, and there's, we, sometimes you feel ashamed. This isn't proper church. We're mm-hmm. watching a guy pre-recorded. It's coming out. You know, why can't it be literally in our no. room in real time? But you know, as it. it you shouldn't feel bad about that and having a good study, watch something and then have a study around what's being taught or something. It might be that, that might be the nature of the last day's church because mm. we're concerned with truth and we want to be, that's what the early church was concerned with, truth and preaching the gospel. And let's not see the traditional, you know, the former, the pre-virtual church thing through rose-tinted glasses because, you know, people were, 
condemned, I'm using a very extreme word there, for poetic effect, but condemned to go to their sort of local church, the one that's on the corner, and no matter what the quality of the actual guy there, I mean, he, you know, he yeah. could be at the best ineffective and worse, I don't know, just even a wolf in sheep's clothing, you know. Um, exactly. And they were, you know, had to be subjected to that form of food, you know, and, and, you know, or, you, you know, you kept on milk when, when some more mature people are perhaps ready for meat. And, and so the, the, the virtue, the, the internet provides, you know, tailor made, God can feed his people mm-hmm. well across the board. And, you yes. know, you're not just stuck to that church down the road that's, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've heard people say, well, yeah, I've heard people say, oh, no, that's not proper church if you're watching someone on, on TV and mm. listen to them stuff from, it's got to be here. And, and obviously it's, you, ideally you'd want it to be here or you have a good mm. teaching, but there's such a demise of good teaching. I'm sorry, the, mm. tr- the, the state of the church in the Western world is diabolical. I mean, what do, mm. where do you want to start? You know, faith, prosperity, prosper, gospel. That's just, yeah. you watch the God channel, TBN. Yeah. It's all over the place. It's the Godless channel. Yeah. That is absolutely yeah. disgraceful. It, you know, that's what most people who are unbelievers switch on and go, oh, that's Christianity. And mm. it's not. And then there's believers who watch that. Mm-hmm. Absolute, you know, sewage. It really is. And that's meant to be New Testament Christianity. No, mm. it's not. It's, uh, it's, it's greed in the name of faith. Mm. It's all about you and your life, what God can give you. It's not about yeah exactly. I was going to say the the rather than being the Jesus centered gospel, it's the uh, person centered gospel. It's all about me, 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 who I am, what I can get out of God, yeah. but rather than who He is, what He's done for us, yeah. and what I what I can do as a servant for Him. That's right, and that I'm afraid still exists big time. I mean, mm, you know, mm, you know, you Kenneth Copeland's mm. the billionaire, is he now? Got two jets? Right. I don't know. Mm. I'm going to name yeah. his name because I tell you something. Yeah, he's still, complete. he's not been called out. No one called, you know, it, 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 what? You know, and that's meant to represent, uh, 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 so that's the prosperity gospel. Then you have all the false prophecy stuff, all the false prophets about yeah. an, an end time yeah. revival and all that stuff and the Kansas City prophets, yeah. which everyone says, oh, it's forgotten, yeah. put it under the carpet. No, it's still there. I, I occasionally have yeah. to go to some churches because there's friends there or something and it's still mm. the same. Nothing's changed. Yes. Nothing will change unless it's confronted. Or people leave. Yeah. Now we know people who are leaving these things. They've been in these places for 15 years and they've just yeah. come out. It's like, just as if we've woken up. You've been asleep for, fif- asleep for 15 years in a church yeah, yeah. doing loads yes. of stuff. Yes. They, they, they still know Jesus. They do loads of good stuff, mm. but they haven't learned. They haven't discerned. They've been, they actually feel stupid because they say, mm. oh, you know, we, we've been, what have we been thinking? Mm. We've been thinking wrong because the, the guys, the shepherds in the pulpits have been teaching, not been teaching them. The right stuff. They're not been teaching the word of God, and they haven't been preparing people for the world we live in. They have yeah. not a clue. Christianity has become irrelevant mm. in the name of trying to be really relevant. Yeah. It's become irrelevant, and that's. The, I'm going yeah, st- yeah. to tell you how it is because it is that way. That's why. Yeah, no, 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 this isn't no, just no, a, no, a preference. No, Let's go home or something. It, it, that, that that nails it. It's it's been destroyed. In, in, a, with in, false in, teaching. in a in a effort to become relevant. It's become irrelevant, mm. and um, it's a shell of what it was or should have been, mm. depending on your view of history. Mm. Talking about being sna- snatching people out the fire, and and the the mm. heart of um, the heart of our thing shouldn't be like you were saying, Garth. You know, hate or fear of other cultures and other all this other stuff, but it should be loving, loving. You know, but that's the heart of what Jesus says. You know, right. love you know, love the Lord your God, and then you know love your neighbor as yourself 
and stashing oh. people out the fire. I did, I did think of our song, you know, about, you know, fire, fire, what sounds like love, yes. it could be hate. And what sounds yes. like hate, it could be love. And that's kind of, that's the society and the tension we're living in. Like mm. you're saying about talking to your neighbors, you know, that was in love. And the, the things that, you know, we do should always be about love anyway. And that, and, but it can be perceived the wrong way as hate and vice versa. It sounds all very loving if you, you know, if you were embracing your Muslim friends and just walking with them, but never ever told them the gospel or never ever showed them where to find salvation. That's not love, you know. No. Mel, what about family members? You know, we, we, we're all sur- surrounded by, well, most of us are, you know, I understand some people are, mm. but, you know, we're surrounded by family members and not to open your mouth. Mm. You know, do you love your family? Are you going to open your mouth and take that risk? Yeah you know, that you're going to be rejected. It is a risk and you probably are going to be rejected, but hey, guess what? So was your saviour. Yeah. But um, and I take think that it's, risk. It's so much harder with your family. I mean, it's so agree, hard. But... Your own children, for example, we've got two that aren't, aren't yet saved. Yes. My mum and dad, they're in the 80s. And, yep. But, you know, yep. I can remember, although they're still a burden to me, I can remember a number of times that God has, from the moment I got saved, shared stuff with them through me, you know, through me opening my mouth and saying stuff or sharing, you know, writing down stuff to them or giving them books. And you have to remember those those times and everything and just know that I think it's much more in a fumbly, much more, it's much more fumbly, isn't it, with your own family? Um, You've just got to lift it up to God and marinate it so much more in prayer, I think, because God knows and he understands family being a sort of, I think it's got to be, you know, so much a, a work of God in the, the, the fumbling attempts you make with your own family in an effort not to offend them for the wrong reasons. It's all right offending them for the right reasons with the gospel. If they end up falling out with you because they think you're a holier than thou, this, or you're imposing your lifestyle on theirs or judging them because they go out to have a drink in the pub or they smoke or something, right. you know. You, right. you, you know, you've just got to be sensitive. Yeah, no, look, I'm, I, we'll wind it up there. I, I just wanted to say that um, as raw as it sounds, and, and, it's, and it is to do with my Australianisms, you know, I'm an Aussie. I just say I think you've got to have a go. You've mm, got to have mm. a go. And please don't misunderstand, we're not all going to have that same attitude, but if you can't have a go, at yeah. least pray. And that That's sounds it. awful to say, at least pray. I know, it sounds. How important, <laughs> I hate saying it, but how important is prayer? And, yeah. and I sincerely mean it. Please pray for, for me and, and my show and for Andy and Mel's show. And so guys, before we do go, please tell people where they can find you, your new podcast show. Okay. Our new podcast show can be found at Revelations Radio Network and it's mm-hmm. called The Not So Dissident Future. Right. Uh, okay. <laughs> guys, thanks very much for, um, the discussion. I've really appreciated it. And I hope we can get together and do it again sometime. And um, something that Mel had said earlier um, sparked this in me. So I'm going to leave you with this very, very uplifting point of view from King James himself. Now, this comes from his work, The True Law of Free Monarchies, and it's this. Very uplifting. I want people to walk away happy. He said, a wicked king is sent by God for a curse to his people and a plague for their sins. Let's... Think on that as we traipse off into the virtual world and I'll say good night and goodbye. <laughs> good night. Good night, goodbye. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Um, um, you know why I pleasure. said that? Um, i got to tell you because, you know, my humour is, is 
hard to get. But you know, you said before <laughs> that um, uh, it's a judgment. These some of these things mm. that come upon us are a judgment. Straight mm. away, I thought, yeah, that's right, mm. and that's why we end up with some of these leaders that we do. And James himself said it because mm. he considered himself a good king, right? Mm. And he's talking about other kings, mm. you know, not himself. Yeah. And and he did. He said that they they're sent as a plague to, for the people's sins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jacob Prash's his thing, isn't it? He's always commentating and saying, uh, "A nation gets the leaders they deserve." All right, let's just go. God bless. Okay, bye-bye. Garth. Well, speak in a bit. Okay, bye. <laughs> Take care. Bye bye. In a bit. Okay, bye. <laughs>